yeah, man, if you're, if you're ready before uh, another 10 minutes pass by, let's, let's get started. So yeah, I'm down. Let's awesome. get it. Let's do it. Alrighty, so timestamp at level 40 is when it actually begins and beginning in 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by Michael Davies. Davies, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Not too bad. And please tell me I said your last name right. Yes, you did. Okay, yeah, thank perfect. God. I, I just overthink it all the time midway through. I'm like, well, here goes. Good luck, everyone. Um, <laughs> but thankfully, people are, are gracious enough to, to correct me. But um, man, I, I've been I've been looking forward to this for a long while. Like, um, I don't know if you remember uh, Sin City 2020 when I was sitting at the Ball State booth. Um, this is going to sound weird, dude. I don't know what it was, but you just seem like a really good person and you seem really genuine and you cared about the Ball State brand. And um, I would see you wearing, you know, Ball State gear. I'm like, man, I, I wish I was rich because I would sponsor this guy immediately. But um, do, do you remember our exchange at all? Like that day? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Because when I first, when I first like found out about the the knee pads, and I was just, I was still kind of like coming up in the dodgeball world and didn't really know all of like the tips and tricks of like what's the best gear, what's the best this, that, and the other. So when I found Ball State, and I loved the knee pads. So when I saw you there and we had our exchange, like it was just good vibes. And I really wanted to kind of like continue wearing that product because I knew that it was good. Um, and just, and and you too, like we just had, we had like a good exchange, even if it was like, I think it was, I think it was brief too. It wasn't even that long. It was super brief, but like, yep. I just enjoyed talking with you for that little bit of time. And yeah. Yeah, so um, I'm glad you remember because it would sound awkward if you didn't. But um, I, from there, I was like, okay, mental note. I, I definitely want to have him on the podcast. And yeah, I mean, crap, that was three years ago. But uh, you know, we're here now, and that's great. And um, you know, r- real quick, uh, Ball State knee pads are on the way. Uh, just in case yes. someone's like, well, it'd be nice if they had knee pads. Like I, I know it's been, I've been a terrible, terrible CEO president owner guy person um but it's also just been an arduous journey trying to get a new supplier so i will probably do some kind of announcement once i know for sure that these are the pair that i'm willing to stand behind so anyway enough of that um (laughs) where are you now and um yeah so let's preliminaries uh what team do you play for where are you from and uh yeah we'll, we'll get going back to you man Okay. Uh, team I play for, I play for uh, Toxic Masculinity. Uh, I captain it. Um, and I live in Los Angeles. And I grow. I grew up in SoCal. So born and raised here. Nice. And we kind of discovered or talked about Inglewood and some experiences mm-hmm. there. Mine, terrible. Yours, great, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I mean, I've had, I've had my, my fair share of situations that have come about but i feel like that happens in most cities like wherever you live you're always going to have like that one or two things that happen that are just like oh my oh my god like this is this is insane i need to move or something like that you know but you know you move past it it's fine and i have a really good situation here with me and my my friend that i live with like it's it's such a good situation that like it's hard to like even though there might be like bad stuff that happens this is such a good thing that like I'm I'm happy for now. Bad stuff as in like um like just like interactions with people, gotcha. like just a, like a crazy person or actually recently, funny enough, because we were talking about a car accident. I last last week got into a really bad car accident 
Um, and there's been a few other acts like car accidents throughout, throughout my time here. One was really, really my fault. The other two, not so much. (laughs) Um, but like, they were just like so traumatic and so like annoying that like, I don't even like driving around here anymore, but you know, you, you get past it. It's, it's fine. The positives outweigh the negatives. So it's cool. (laughs) I like that approach, man. It's fine. It will be all right. Yeah, you just got to move on, dude. Like, yeah, can't sit, can't sit here and like dwell on the past. Like, you got to stay in the present. You say that now after I just went on in a ten-minute tirade about why I hate Inglewood so much. But you know what? You're right, <laughs> Listen, man. Listen, <laughs> this is all the therapy talking. This is not actually me. This is just what my therapist has told me. Whether I believe it or not, that may be another podcast. <laughs> well, I'll take the free session. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, just. I'm just gonna throw it out there. Maybe, maybe somebody might know what I'm talking about. Uh, rallies. That was that was the. Uh, you know, I was thinking about doing like um, at the release of every podcast episode. You know, sometimes people will do like this was today's episode of like Game of Thrones, and they'll they'll do like four images, and like they're they're supposed to like not be spoilers, but they tell you what the episode's about. I like yeah. to do something like that. <clears throat> <laughs> I kind of love it. That's kind of iconic. Yeah. Let's see if I can do that. I'm going to make a mental note that at least I have my first image right now of rallies. But um, there's going to be a lot to cover, man. So let's go back to uh, so toxic, toxic masculinity. Um, mm-hmm. what, is your, what is your number and is there any significance to it? Uh, so my number is 17. Um, what's weird is that so when I first started, so when USA Dodgeball first, because I didn't do any of the elite stuff, I wasn't. I wasn't as trained or mentally prepared for those sort of tournaments quite yet. I was still kind of just playing in the recreational world. Mm-hmm. Um, but when USA Dodgeball kind of took over and they were starting out their first tournament just before the pandemic started, um, I was going to be on a team. And my my goal was to have the number seven because that for some reason that that number just sticks with me. I don't know. It feels lucky, 777, like that whole business. So I was just going to go with that. Um, but the captain of the team already had the number. So I was like, okay, let me switch it up. And my birthday is, is on this is June 7, uh, June 17th. So I was like, okay, well I'll just do 17. Why not? And I just stuck with it ever since. And I just kept 17. Nice. Yeah, that works. And I'm not, I'm not totally married to it. If I, if for some reason down the road, I just feel like changing it. I will, but for now 17 works and I'm here for it. Nice. Yeah, if it doesn't serve you or bring you joy, ditch it. So, yeah, why not? Nice. Um, well, this is good because I, we we're kind of going now into your. Um, and I thank Lucas for rephrasing this question. So, tell me your dodgeball origin story. How'd you get started? Ooh, so I've been playing for about a decade now, and my first ever like view into the dodgeball world i was at la pride and this is like 20 god i can't it was some 10 years ago sometime around there um i can't do math uh it was at la pride and we and i played at uh, weho dodgeball is like my home shout out uh it's like my home league that i play at and they had a float in the parade and a part of the float was like this cage or like a netting cage where they were playing dodgeball in it on on a truck that was driving by and i had just recently come out i was just trying to kind of figure out my own life i you know i was moving out to west hollywood soon i was working out there and i really just kind of wanted to like start fresh 
from just moving because I grew up in Orange County. And so when I was moving out to L.A., I wanted to just start fresh and meet new people and try to figure out like a dating scene and all that. And this looked like it was the perfect sort of like active like this way I was still active, but also finding like that social community that I was like searching for. Um, So I reached out to Jake Mason and he was super great. Totally. He got me onto a team almost immediately. I think the season was just starting at that time. Hmm. So he had me sign up, got onto a team and um, I played with some, some like super vets, like uh, Nina, one of the coaches for the women's cloth. Yeah. Um, Fiori, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, Morgan, uh, I'm going to butcher her last name, but I think it's Mold, Moldrew. Um, just these like, just like icons in the community and they just watching them play made me fall in love with the game more than I think just showing up and playing did just seeing like the way that they thought about the game, the strategy and everything that went into it. It, it just, and I don't know, it lit a fire in me somehow. Hmm. And I just kept, I just kept at it. And um, I had to take a break after a year. So I played for about a year, hopped on the different teams, just kind of like getting some experience. Um, I unfortunately had to take a break because um, I was diagnosed with brain cancer. Um, so I, once I, once that all happened, I had to like step back, take that sort of break. And then once I was finished with all of my treatments and got through it and everything, the only thing that I could think about the entire time was how do I get back to dodgeball? What do I do? what's what's the next steps how do i get get back into shape how do i just get back onto that court because it was the only thing that i could think about that fire was pretty strong within me and it it's and it stayed that way for all the way up until now nice so that's kind of like the origin origin story well there's um there's there's some questions down the road where uh, there's some things I just would love to dig into. So, um, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm really open to to feedback on this one um, for anyone that's listening. If they, because I you know I, I tend to follow a, a specific rhythm just so I can kind of stay on track. But sometimes I'll mm-hmm. I just can't I have to fight the urge to jump around. But um, yeah, you definitely. I love mentioned. tangents, so tangent away. Um, okay, well let, let's let's go into um, the first one that came to mind. Um, so you you mentioned uh, you went to LA Pride and saw the float. Mm-hmm. Was that just like a whim, or um, did you like want to go to that specifically? Or because I like to. Oh yeah, definitely wanted to go to it specifically. I mean, I I had just come out of the closet and I had been like pretty closeted in my like all the way up into my twenties. And once I finally was able like to be comfortable enough to to be my authentic self me and my best friend Kelsey and one of our other friends, we just, we, we wanted, we wanted to just get out of our comfort zone and go to LA pride. We've talked about it. We've seen it on the news multiple times. It's something that like has just been something in the back of my mind, knowing that like there's this whole queer community that I wanted to be a part of so desperately. So we made a trip Got a ho- got some like podunk hotel <laughs> off the beaten path somewhere because we were broke, uh, and <laughs> we had the best time. We had the absolute best time. We I think like it was Saturday. We went to one of the festivals and partied 
just danced the night away. It was it was amazing. And then the next morning was the Pride Parade. And I definitely wanted to be a part of that just to kind of see it for the first time in person and just kind of like feel what it's like to be in the queer community around all of these amazing, lovely queer people that just have this shared experience and it felt so awesome. And so I was there just for that. And so when the WeHo dodgeball um, truck came by, it was just kind of happenstance. And I, I'm so happy that it happened. So happy that I was able to kind of like have that sort of moment. Yeah. So I, I like to um, like, I like to look like an event or like a turning point in my life, someone's life and be like, if you didn't wake up that day and go to this event or miss that bus or catch that train, et cetera, et cetera, you know, you would have missed out on everything up until this point. So in your case, mm-hmm. had you not gone to LA pride that year, had they decided not to do a float? Um, I mean, we wouldn't be talking not like this was the no. pinnacle of your, of your journey, but like, you ever think about that? Like, you're just like, man, what a, what a great decision I made that day. Like, Who'd have thought? Yeah, I, I think about that constantly, and that's probably just my anxiety talking. But I, I, I love the fact that it happened, and it's so strange that it did. I don't think I ever would have probably seen dodgeball or understood that it was a sport that I could play if that didn't happen. So, I mean, that's just crazy. just grateful. Yeah. Uh... This is a long shot, but have you ever heard of the term synchronicity? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> it's why, what does it mean? It's the weirdest thing. It's, it's this thing that's been like, just following me like a, like a, like a shadow. And it's basically saying like, if you, if, if you're on the right track, you're doing what you're supposed to do, things are going to just kind of like open the path for you. It's like you're going mm-hmm. with the flow. It's kind of like Taoism, maybe. I'm really just okay. taking like the one-on-one version of it. And it's basically like there, there'll be signs or there'll be like, there'll be, there'll be like just things just to let you know like, hey, where you're going is correct. Like you are going the right way. And you'll, you'll feel when you're going against the grain. And, um, you know, we were kind of talking about, you know, like going away for a little bit until we can recompose ourselves. And, um, you know, I've, I've been slowly getting my stride back and, mm-hmm for some odd reason um youtube's like hey you should check out this video it has nothing to do with anything you've looked at before i'm like yes i will do this and then um within 10 minutes like uh this is freaky and so um just going back to you know you you mentioned like you had just come out and you went to this parade and it just so happened that you saw more to uh this float than what most people would probably see You're like oh yeah they're just playing dodgeball like the movie and um yeah, it's just it's just crazy. It's just it's it's weird that it's uh, something I'm experiencing right now, um, and I'm just embracing it wholeheartedly. So um, we'll probably go back into that when we get into some of the more uh, weeds of some of these questions. But um, so you, uh, you you saw the float? Had, had, had you seen the movie? Like, did you at least know of Dodgeball before then? Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen the movie many many times. I mean, there are parts of it that are a little problematic for 2023, but I there. Are, it was still like a really funny, hilarious movie that um, I never, I never watched it and thought, Oh, I want to go play dodgeball. Like it wasn't the thing that like got me to do it. Right. Um, But I had seen it before. So just never really thought too much of like dodgeball being like a sport that we all now play competitively and is like ingrained in our bodies now. (laughs) Uh, But like you said, like going back to the whole LA pride thing, like, 
if I didn't go there, there's no way I'd be playing the sport. I would have just seen the movie and just would have been like, LOL, that was a movie. Cool. Move on. So without triggering your, your anxiety, do you think about what life would be like? Had you not gone and played dodgeball? Like if dodgeball is not in your life right now? Oh God, I don't even want to think about that. All right, we won't go there yet, but I, I will revisit that. Yeah, if it helps you, I I, I envision um, a heavier set version of me, balding, pasty, and just 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 old and sad. Because um, it keeps you young. I mean, it just like I, yeah, I, it does. Yeah, I will say if it wasn't like getting into dodgeball and having it become more of a passion for me and really finding my stride in it. It's made me feel and act as if I'm, you know, this like professional athlete. So I'm constantly at the gym. I'm always working out. I'm always training. I'm always doing stuff. Um, I used to, I used to be a runner competitively and I loved doing that and running was fun. But then once I, once I started dodgeball, just like as a fun active thing, it, it just kind of like awoken that sort of like, wait a minute, like, I think I've got more to myself than I thought I did. And, you know, uh, I think it was Nina herself. Like she, there was one time uh, it was like the first, first or second game I played, I threw a ball and she was like, dude, okay. I don't know where that came from, but you've got an arm. And I was like, I don't even know what that means, but is that a good thing? She's like, yes, obviously. And I'm like, okay, cool. Great. And so from then I was like, okay, well maybe I need to like actually work on this and like maybe just try to do better and the more i did it the more i got into the groove of it and just i just fell in love and i wanted i just wanted to keep going i wanted to get better i wanted to get stronger i wanted to and there's like some there's some vanity to it too of course you know like you want to look good you want to feel good so like that adds to it of course but just like constantly working on not not just myself mentally, but even physically, just to get to a place where I can be like the strongest and best that I can be, like that's what drives me. And I mean, I don't know, I don't know where I would be without that and what I would be doing now. I mean, I like I when I when I first when I first was starting like post college, uh, I was trying to get into acting writing modeling all that sort of stuff and it was it was bleak it was not going well i i maybe it was just because i didn't know what i was doing but which i think that goes for most people who are trying to get into that business um but like once i kind of figured out that it was not gonna be the case i had to pivot and find something else and luckily Luckily, this came around and this just became the passion that I needed. It wasn't all that other stuff. This is what I was looking for. Nice. Yeah, that's uh, so. So I have a two part question. That is what it what, what was your first experience with dodgeball? And then what was the hook that got you to come back? And it sounds like you visited some of those uh, elements. But do you remember like mm-hmm. the first day you played? Uh, was that when you were told you have an arm or like? If you can kind of walk me through that. So you're excited to join this potential community. Yeah. The first day I played, I got a nasty headshot from somebody. I don't even know who it was probably just because it hit me so hard. I can't remember. Uh, But it was like, it was like, it was like my initiation into dodgeball was that headshot. And now I tell people even like newer players that are on my team that I captain and like the recreational leagues, I am if they ever they get a headshot and it's their first one I'm like all right welcome to dodgeball you're in it now 
<laughs> you've been stamped and say what yeah exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> you've been stamped you've been marked and now you're a dodgeballer <laughs> dodgeballer for life yep um but like that was kind of like the first first day and then the second day was or the second week is when i was told about like hey you you like there's there's something to you there's some talent in you and i think i think you should look at that and see see what that's like and maybe work on it a little bit um and i forget the second part of the question you asked uh it was what was the hook um oh i mean the hook was was taking that was honestly was like after nina had said that to me and i was like okay well let's like we still had plenty more game left to go that night so i was like okay well let's let's see what i got and i took a huge shot on somebody got them out and it just it, that moment of like taking that risk because i i didn't i didn't know i had no aim i had no nothing but just taking that risk to just like take the shot on and i think it was like a like a more veteran type player and got him out it felt so good like that feeling right there just felt so addicting hmm. and i wanted to keep doing it i wanted i wanted to keep i mean it sounds so crazy but like i just wanted to keep hitting people <laughs> <laughs> um and and it just it i don't know that addiction is still there and i'm not going to any sort of betty ford clinic for it <laughs> No, I think the the only cure is more dodgeball. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's such a weird concept, right? Like you're the the intent is to be aggressive. Like you are literally throwing something at someone, and you're tapping into just generations of you know of genetics of like we we are built to throw things. That that was that's how we survived. And like I may know you, you might be a really good friend of mine. Uh, I may not know you at all, but I'm going to hit you as hard as I can with this ball because that's, that's the the way this game is played and we're going to all be okay with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you mentioned you were a competitive runner, like track and field or like what uh, cross country or how, how. So funny enough, like when I was in high school, I played tennis and that was like my thing. I love tennis. It was great. Um, and then in college, I kind of stopped playing sports. I don't know why got lazy, you know, freshman 15 and then turned to 20 <laughs> kept kind of going. Uh, and then once I kind of like, I think, I think vanity started taking its toll on me. And I was like, wait, I don't like the way I'm looking. I need to start doing something to change this. So figured out what my diet was going to be started. And I initially just kind of started running just to kind of see what that would do. And I was really loving it. Like the endorphins from it, the sort of like, you know, it allowed me to kind of like take everything that was happening in my life away. And I was just focused on running, just able to just focus on getting from point A to point B, finishing that. And then while doing that, I start, I started just, taking um different like events um different marathons different or not marathons I, I haven't done a marathon yet um i'd love to but i think at this point at 32 and after 10 years of dodgeball i don't know if i can i don't know if i can take a full marathon <laughs> i don't know if my body can um but i was doing as many like half marathons 10ks and i was just i i loved it i loved the competition i loved trying to best my time every single every single time and I would constantly train I would run all the time just I would time it every single time and I would push myself every every training run just to try to get a faster time hmm. um and I loved it I absolutely just I loved the competition and honestly I think doing that is what got me into that sort of competitive mindset 
So then when I found dodgeball, I was like, oh, I can like, this is the same, like, this is the same thing. Like, let's, let's do this with dodgeball. And because I had like kind of fallen more in love with dodgeball, I kind of put running to the side and didn't really do it as much and really just focused on just getting better at dodgeball. Gotcha. Did you, did you play any of the sports growing up aside from uh, tennis? Uh, I, for, I, when I was younger, I played soccer. Uh, I played that for like nine years. Mm. It was fun, but it wasn't my game. I don't think, I don't think at like the young age that I was, I wasn't really tapping into like how the game was played and what was actually needed for me as a team player. And it wasn't really like clicking for me as much. Like I loved it. It was fun and it was something active for me to do, but it just wasn't clicking. Um, like, like running did and like, like tennis did and like dodgeball did like it just it just never stuck but i still did it for nine years because you know when you're in elementary school or middle school like there's not a lot of like big sports stuff that i really wanted to do and soccer was the one that was the most active so i was like okay well i'm just gonna stick with that gotcha that was kind of like with me in baseball i'm like yeah i've been doing this for nine years what's what's another one and then yeah but no real like no intent to like try to go college try to do anything but show up, play. And when I finally started questioning, why am I doing this? I'm like, Oh, well maybe it's time to stop. So until I get that <laughs> yeah. with soccer. Um, so th- usually the other question would be, you know, what sports helped you with dodgeball? Um, I imagine just being in good shape because of running tennis because of the agility, but what I'm thinking is maybe, um, and I'm not trying to answer for you, but like, would it just getting that competitive mindset probably helped you the most, or is that a fair assessment or what would you say helped you? I think it was a mixture of the competitive nature, like you're talking about. And then honestly, tennis, I had a, I had a pretty wicked serve, not to brag, but I had a, I had a pretty good serve and just having that sort of like momentum of like whipping the racket to the ball and like, and getting an ACE on somebody. I I didn't really care about any other sort of like play style in tennis. I didn't really, I didn't really, I wasn't the best tennis player, but that serve, that serve, served me (laughs) and got me some wins and i was like oh wait like there's something to this and so then when i transitioned into dodgeball i had like it's not the same there's there's similar mechanics to it and that sort of mechanic i was like utilizing while throwing and once those two once those two kind of sports kind of connected i was like oh here we go Hmm. i think i figured it out um so then I just kind of like, I kept up with, with, um, that same sort of mechanics with tennis I brought into dodgeball. And that is, I think what gave me the arm that, you know, I don't have, I don't have the strongest arm out there, but like, it's what gave me the strength that I, that I currently am able to have now. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, I've seen people, I mean, you, they come to the dodgeball court first time, like open gym, you could tell, okay, this, this guy's never played any conventional mm-hmm. sport in his or her entire life, but they're, they're trying. And then you see people like, Oh, this, this person's probably pitched or done something like their mechanics are just yeah. spot on. So that, that makes complete sense. And now I'm going to watch you in a very creepy way when you're trying to throw like, Hmm, I see it now. Mm-hmm. Try to visualize a, well, a tennis serve. And I think all the other sports too, like the agility, like soccer, tennis, like you have to be on your toes constantly and make really, you know, uh, last second decisions to make a move on somebody. Um, and I think that helped going into dodgeball. Um, 
not just with like throwing and whatnot, but like surviving, like being able to like dodge balls and, and get, get out of the way and stuff. It, that helped so much. I was able to have that sort of coordination to like see a ball coming and be able to know like, okay, I can dodge to the left or the right, or I can duck or jump something along those lines to like get out of the way of the ball. So those, th- all of that from the sports in the past, that definitely helped going into here. Nice. Hopefully this isn't an offensive question, but have you ever played pickleball? And is it even close I, to tennis? I have not played pickleball, but I've seen some of the the competitions on like ESPN. And I mean, it. at first I was a little like, okay, whatever. It's just like grown up ping pong, like get out of here. It, this, right. It's not tennis, like whatever. But like, as I started watching it, I was like, wait, like this is actually kind of cool. I've never played it. And I don't know if I ever will, to be honest, but <laughs> it, it just, it seemed really cool and really fun. So like, I, I'm here for it. It, it, it seems like it's, it's kind of going somewhere. I hope it doesn't like fully replace tennis and I don't think it will. Um, but it's just another version of, of, of a fun sport. And I think a lot of people are utilizing it as more of like a fun thing to do and not really getting super competitive with it mostly, but that's what people said about dodgeball and now look now we have like usa dodgeball world championships all that so right who's to say yeah i and maybe this is more for i don't have that i think too many tennis friends my one tennis friend nate evans love tennis is now playing pickleball so i'm like eh, i wonder if that's like a like an off-ramp for you know like you said something a little bit more recreational you're still quasi-active mm-hmm. um yeah i i like you i was like oh this is dumb but now i'm, I'm starting to kind of be open towards it. Um, my mom who is, uh, like in her early sixties is going to start playing and I'm like, Hell well, yeah. well, good for you, mom. Like, you know, please stay in shape and active and, and find something fun. But, uh, if I play against her, I will absolutely destroy her. So <laughs> I will give her a head start to get really good. And then it's, it's on mom. But, uh, <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. I can't, I can't take it easy on her. That'd just be an insult. So, um, <laughs> so, kind of covered your, your dodgeball preliminaries right um what 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 drew you to i mean i feel like it's an easy answer but i want to ask anyway what, what drew you to premiere like what, what made you want to start competing um because i guess you'd mentioned by the time you started playing usa dodgeball was a thing um yeah we had the premier tour so what, what what was that final push for you to to go out there and, and get a team going and start playing and competing um the f- the first sort of like push, this is pre-pandemic. Um, I had just been playing dodgeball for a while and had been captaining teams and had just been working on my own skills and everything. And after a while, I was like, you know what? Like, I think I need to kind of try this out. And um, someone had, uh, it was Munchie uh, from Chillum. Uh, he was putting t- a team together and he was talking to me at WeHo Dodgeball about it. And I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's let's try this out. I think mm-hmm. I'm good enough to at least like, you know, just at least do my best to survive. Right. Like, I, I, th- I think I've got enough to like be able to. Um, uh, I can't think of the word, but like, you know, just like hold your own kind of. Yeah, th- there we go. Jesus. Hold <laughs> my own. I think I could do enough to hold my own. Um and uh so that so i was like okay fuck it let's just let's just do it um so but then once the when when the first tournament was going to happen i think it was it was going to be in san diego somewhere 
uh, that's when the stay at home order happened. And so we never got to, we never got to do that team. We never got to do that tournament. Mm. Um, and so after the, you know, the two years that we were unable to do truly anything, um, I, when we were kind of coming out of it a little bit, there were some pickup dodgeball happening and I kept going to that, kept playing, kept playing. And then once we were finally kind of fully out of all of it, um, still kind of wearing masks and whatnot, but you know, we were, we were able to put on an event. I think USA dodgeball did like its first, it wasn't the first round, but it was like a, um, it was like a team USA sort of like, um, scouting tournament of some kind in vegas and i was talking to jake and brendan tickner about it and they were like just show up why not like give it a shot like it's 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 just a scouting tournament and at the time i wasn't interested in being on team usa i didn't really i knew that i wasn't good enough to to try out for it but i still wanted to play and get the experience before going into like a premiere tour so i tried that out and like it just it the fire was already lit but for competitive, like hyper competitive dodgeball, that's when it got lit. And I was like, okay, I need, I need to be on a team. I need to figure this out. Let's go. Let's do this. And never turn back. Nice. So this would have been 20, was this last year, 2022? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. God, it feels so much longer. <laughs> yeah. Like, but yes, it was last year. It, it kind of what we're talking about, like how this, re- how this year has been, very strange for some people this has been a very long year and a very fast one yeah i don't know how to explain it but um yeah i forget i I don't forget i i tend to overlook this huge gap still like Mm -hmm. you know i'm thinking okay um going to nationals and there was a nationals last year but before that there wasn't for like two years i was like oh man it's like everything was like put on pause just such a weird such a weird time, uh, 2020 yeah. and 20, whatever, all the way to 2022, 2021 was such a strange I, year. I get all those years mixed up in my brain. Cause it was just such a, it was such a weird time. And I was in a, I was in a pretty bad toxic relationship during that time frame. So even that, like even more so I was just like, what year is it? Who am I? Where am I? <laughs> what is, what is going on right now? Yeah. Um, what's going on? What's happening? Yeah. I, I lived in a vacuum. I was overseas. So that, that definitely, now that I think about it also added to the, what the heck is even going on? But, uh, you, you did mention something that I do want to get into later. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go back to dodgeball first. Um, so you've, okay. you've, I'm assuming you've played pretty much every version of ball out there. Do you have a, a favorite ball right now? My favorite ball is foam. Foam. Um, I love foam. It's it. I don't know. It just makes sense. I, I like it because, it's fast and I'm a fast player. I like, I like, I like the speed of the game foam, uh, foam has. And it's, it's all about, it's not about catches. Cause like, I, I know that like catching isn't my, isn't my best skill. And even though there are great, amazing foam catchers out there and, and I've seen some of the best catching from so many players that I've played against, but it's all about hitting. Foam is foam is just about hitting, and because throwing is something that I know that is one of my better strengths, it's 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 just what's 
what makes sense to me. And I grew up playing No Sting, so No Sting it was like a very, very, very close second to Foam. Um, I I will always love No Sting, and I'll always play it. But yeah, I've I've played eight point five in cloth, and it's a big no thank you for me. I, I can't I can't with that shit. <laughs> no thank you. <laughs> like it's it's just like with eight point five. I, the the people that play 8.5 and cloth like sometimes it's just kind of like big man throw hard and that's just not my vibe it's not my scene and i also like i'm not here for that neutral zone bs like no thank you don't get close to me absolutely not stay on the other side of that middle line god damn it <laughs> get away from me <laughs> get away from me throw for, throw from far away and let's see if you can hit me how about that <laughs> i mean so I, I came from 8.5, like that was, mm-hmm. I mean, even just straight up being raised in the late eighties, nineties, that like, that was the dodgeball. Uh, I never got the, the big man throw hard vibe, but there, I don't know. I, I can see what you're talking about. It, it definitely is like a, especially when you have people like, Oh yeah, you got to live for like the, the crush or like, you really want to like hurt someone. I'm like, no, I really don't. I just want to play some dodgeball and yeah, and move that, on with my that's life. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's that sort of mentality of like, I really want to crush somebody. It's like, well, I just want to throw at them and like get them out. I don't want to like kill them, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I never got that. that what, I've seen, well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just my own sort of lens on it. Um, I've had some, I've had some, I'm not going to like name names or teams or anything like that. I'm not going to be messy like that, but there have just been individuals that I've come across that have acted that sort of way against me. And mm. it's, it's just not, it's not what I'm here for. That's not what dodgeball's about. Dodgeball's just, it's a team sport, play as a team, play as a unit, get people out and win. That's what it's about. And respect, right? Like it, the dodgeball's always, it, it should always be about respect and honesty and care for one another and love and passion and all that. It should never be about like destroy, like, you can say like let's destroy them, right? But it doesn't mean you have to actually mean it and you don't have to be like a dick out there on the court. Like that's just not that's not necessary. So and I feel like sometimes 8.5 not necessarily cloth because I have I have played cloth and I've played with some amazing cloth players who are awesome and I love them. But with 8.5 for some reason with that ball type in my experience, I've just seen that sort of behavior and it's just not for me and that's okay it can be for other people that's beautiful i love that for you but for me no thank you yeah i'll stick with foam i have a hard time with that too um because like you said like yeah you want to we want to destroy these guys or or murder them but like we don't physically actually want to do that we just you know we just want to win the game just try to get in that competitive mindset but then i i feel like some people take it a little too far and it's like, mm-hmm. are you trying to hurt that person? Because that, that's a whole different kind of, like, maybe you should go join MMA or go hit a bag or something and, and just chill. But uh, Or go into therapy. Th- I guess. That's another option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe ask yourself why you feel the need to hurt others. Um, yeah. Maybe talk to somebody and or meditate. Yoga. Come on now. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's better ways to channel that. Uh, yeah. I think I've I've only thrown with intent to hurt twice one i feel to this day very validated in doing so and then the other one i felt like complete garbage immediately afterward I'm like i don't feel good about this i will never do it again mm-hmm. but man did I, I, throw hard. I mean 
listen, dude, we've all been in that sort of like situation. If someone pisses us off enough, like we're, you can see that they're maybe not taking their out or they're just, they're just being a dick just to be a dick. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to pummel them with this goddamn ball. <laughs> I, I I've been there too, but yeah. like it, the, the real, the real sort of like work is to, is to take yourself out of that situation. And be like, you know what? Nope. Not going to let that affect me. I'm just going to play the game that I'm here to play. That's it. Whatever their bullshit on the other side of the court is, that's that's their business. That's, my business is to just play my game. Yeah, that's that's deeper than dodgeball, and you're not here to mess with that. That's that's on them. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't have time for that. Yeah, that's what's good. Like for the for the people that have those moments, at least they're they're fleeting. Um, they don't like live yeah. in that twenty four seven. Those are the people I, I tend to feel just sorry for, and just like you said, stay away from me. You just get on the other other side of the court and go away. Um. <sighs> <laughs> let's see i have this other question and i don't know if it appeals to you or applies rather but let me know um is there a favorite style of dodgeball that you have like the best like rule set version like you said you played cloth um i think WeHo is like 11 on 11 right or something crazy like there's just a ton of you guys oh no we well we we back in the day was like 20 21 people on a team and now playing after after like 10 years of playing and being in the competitive scene where there's six people on a court it's real hard to go back to that sort of like you know 20 people but now now post all post uh post COVID and all that the teams are now at like i think i think the max is like 16 maybe 17 to a court um which is way more manageable but it's still like it's still a lot um we actually just had our um, championship game uh, for our Tuesday WeHo League, um, and I mean it was super fun, very competitive, uh, and I love my team so much. So I don't because I love my team and they're so amazing. I don't really think about how many people are on the court, hmm. but there are situations where like you start to recognize that you're kind of locked in with people all around you, and it's like, uh oh, I can't move. Like <laughs> yep. I can't move to the right, to the left. The only option is to either sit there and go for a catch or jump over it or something. Um, so that part can be a little difficult, but I, I will always love WeHo Dodgeball. It's my home. It's where it's it's where I grew up. It's where I belong. Um, but my favorite style is, pr- I want to say, in terms of like rule sets, I, like foam is just kind of where it's at. Like especially the way that I play in in the worlds. Um, we practice it. it. There's a um, there's a foam league that we play here in LA, and we practice with that sort of rule set. And I think that's my favorite. It's the thing that makes I think the most sense in terms of um, in terms of like how the game is played and like uh, the um, the rule sets and stuff like that. It just it just makes more sense, and it actually makes it more strategic. It allow it allows you to to really think about the strategy of the game versus just like throwing balls around. Like there's a real you know that 10 second timer that you have to be able to make a call and make a play you have to actually really think about the strategy about like which person am i going to hit and if i do hit that person what's the next play what's the next thing that's coming and you have to look at the game more from like an outside like you're 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 outside of it and you're looking down on the court and like what's what's going to be the next move uh move who who's the next person i need to call to make a play who's going to counter who's going to this 
Um, and because of the rule set, it just makes it more fun to have that sort of like, um, to have those sort of like in, intense, quick moments to make that sort of strategic um, decision. And I think that's why I love foam so much. So I think, I think, you know, long story longer, that's, that would be like my favorite rule set or style of dodgeball. First of all, I, I love that. I'm going to use that from now on. Long story longer. Sorry. <laughs> I'm still talking. <laughs> that's great. I'm a talker. I can't help it. Well, you know it's what? A, I'm a Gemini. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you happen to be on the right place. So this is, this is actually where talking is encouraged. So fantastic. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, I like the WDBA rule set because you can actually like follow, it's going to sound weird, like follow the story of the game. Like you, you can watch the team long enough to give a, a, a crap about this, this player or, or, or this team. Cause you know, elite rule set being that it's, you know, supposed to be a tournament best three out of five tends to go pretty fast. So mm -hmm. when you're streaming it, you know, you maybe you might know or recognize one player, but like, oh, this guy's, I don't know, fast or really cool looking. I'm going to watch him, but then it's over. Whereas uh, WDBF, it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to invest some time into this team and watch them from start to finish. So that's some yeah, some exactly. Good um, up to you if you want to answer this one. Uh, do you have a style of play? Um, do you consider yourself more on the defensive side, offensive? Do you like to throw? Um, you mentioned you like you like the speed of the game. You tend to be a fast player, but did you want to elaborate on that at all? At all? Yeah, I tend to be more of a defensive player. And honestly, like with Toxic, as a captain, I I think most of us in the way that we play, we we play more defensively. You know, we're going up against huge teams with big arms and big names. You've got teams like like Shred, um, Heat, uh, Thieves from back in the day. You know, you've got these like really strong, amazing teams with, you know, really pin like uh, – they can they can throw that ball and hit you even though they're not even looking at you and so to play against that you have in my opinion you have to find the best defensive sort of strategy and i think because because i've played against these sort of players for a long time even in la la is a hot spot for dodgeball so a lot of the players that have made it to team usa you know they come from los angeles and i play against them on the reg out here so in order to play against those sort of people, especially growing up and trying to figure out my way around it, being more defensive is just kind of like my bread and butter. So like blocking, I, I, I you know, whatever, I'm going to, I guess it's a brag, I guess, but like I, I find myself to be a decent blocker. And so I'll, I'll, I'll focus more on that and wait for my moment. It's not about like, for me, it's not about just like going out there and throwing the ball and giving somebody, I have to wait for my moment that I can like take advantage of somebody. So knowing, so like if some, if a corner in front of me is going to take a shot on somebody that they think they got, I'll counter them as quickly as I possibly can. And that's when I'm going to get my hit. Um, you know, it's, it's, I like to take my time. I do like to play fast and that is fun. Like, no, like when we go into no blocking, I love that shit. I eat that shit up for breakfast. I love it. Because you're just kind of like, you, you just have to survive. You have to throw, survive, and do whatever you possibly can to just stay in the game. And that is super fun for me. Um, but in terms of like trying to stay strategic, I, I really like to play that sort of like, try to try and slow down enough 
to where we can really see the whole game for what it is. And then when we have that moment to strike, we go and we, we just go for it. And that's when the speed kind of like takes its, um, or like has its moment. I was going to say has, it has its place. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, I kind of envy you cause you have a lot of big names, big teams to, to practice against. And it's, it's really mm-hmm. cool when you see, at least in, from my perspective, you know, a brand new LA team show up. Um, let's pick on them for now. Hopefully they're still around, break your neck or protect your neck. Oh, love those guys. They're yeah. amazing. And to go from, from what I remember, I want to say maybe last year, round one, not really, not really a factor for us. And this is by no means meant to sound as, as terrible as that probably sounded, especially because Ronan, we're just kind of like a middle of the pack, just want to survive and still play as old people team. <laughs> but I remember like there's a definite difference between playing against a team like them at the time and Shred or Hex or, you know, whatever the, the bigger team names heat. And then fast forward to nationals and, um, it was like a completely different team, same people, just completely different team. You're like, well, I guess being able to practice consistently staying cohesive as a team and sharpening yourself against the bigger team names in LA, California area, like that, that'll happen. So that's, that's something I'm very envious about the, uh, you LA folk about, um, but you, you can keep your traffic, uh, that, that it's <laughs> never going to be, yeah, never going to be worth it for me to move out there. Cause my God, I, like we're saying online or offline, I, I don't know how you do it, man. That is just madness. Hats off to you. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know how I do it either to this day, but I love, but the, like, I think I mentioned it before earlier, either offline or while we've been recording, I, the positives outweigh the negatives, like traffic super sucks, but the beaches are great and mm. there's really good weather and there's a lot of fun events to do. So like, and plus like in terms of dodgeball, like there's so much dodgeball out here in LA that like, even like, even living in Orange County, there's not a lot out that way. It's pretty much Los Angeles is where, where it's at. So I can't really see myself living anywhere else other than, uh, other than LA. Cause otherwise like, I wouldn't get as much dodgeball and I don't, I don't think mentally I could take that. <laughs> I need dodgeball in my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to take the good with the bad. I mean, obviously there's a reason why you put up with that traffic. So that makes mm-hmm. sense. fair. Why do I put up with the traffic here in Phoenix? I don't know. I'll come back to you on that one. Um, okay. <laughs> so going back to your style of play kind of, you know, transitioning from rec to competitive, um, again, totally optional if you want to address this one, but was there anyone that you, you know, look to, to model your play after back then now, currently, et cetera. Yes. Uh, Glenn Spacer. Mm. Uh, and I hope I said that last name right. I'm pretty sure I did. I'm um, he has, he has been my mentor for a long time and I have wanted to just follow the way that he plays and he's so smart and so good and he just has so much he has so much knowledge about the game because he's been playing for so long that every ounce of anything that i can get i i take and i've watched so many of his of his videos and you know watching all the worlds that he's been at just just studying the way that he plays and seeing he he has this he has this sort of he's very smart and he knows when he knows when to be aggressive and when to not, he, he kind of has that, he has that there's, 
I don't know how to explain it, but he's he's just got that thing that makes him such an amazing dodgeball player. And he's been kind of like trying to show me some of that a little bit. And I've been taking as much as I can. And I've been trying to uh, emulate the way that he plays and the way that I play. And in even in just this past year, I've seen so much growth in myself in the way that I play dodgeball and being able to take out some really big names on the court. It he's somebody that I really look up to and and will always look up to because he's just he's not only is an he's he's blah not only is he an amazing person but he's an amazing dodgeball player and those two things alone just makes for like the perfect sort of mentor. Nice, that's really cool, man. Um, yeah, Glenn is, yeah, like you said, he he just knows when to channel it, when not to, and. Mm-hmm. If I were smart, I'd probably, I'd probably watch him and learn because I've been playing for so dang long. I should be able to like connect the two, but I'm just, I, I don't have the, the desire to be patient. I just want to be like, yeah, I'm just gonna play and see what happens. And usually it's the same result. I'm like, well, I should know better because that's what he does. But <laughs> oh well. <laughs> I mean, I, I love playing with him because then I can watch him do a shit and it's beautiful and I can learn from it. But it's better when I play against him. I don't like it because then he throws at me and gets me out, and sometimes it hurts, and you know that's not great. But it, I always learn something after that moment because then he'll he'll play against me, he'll do something, and then after the game he'll be like, okay, what did you see? What did you learn? That's cool. Like, what do you got for me? And then we can kind of talk about it, and he'll help me to kind of understand what you should have done was this, or what you could have done were these sort of things. Like these are these are your strategies that you could have used against me. So use that next time. And then I can go into the next game, use it against him, and try to get him out. And there have been a couple times where I was able to get a shot in on him, uh, but not often because he's too goddamn good. Um, but, yeah, I, I love learning from him. He's he's just, yeah. Yeah, he um, when I played against him last year at Nationals, I think with no sting, we were cornered together, and he, he threw, and I countered him, and I got him. I was like, okay, I can, I can do that again. Pff, Glenn, whatever. <laughs> Try it again the next game. He catches me. He's like, yes, yes, of course, Steve. Of course, you would learn and know that that's coming. Like, maybe one day you'll, you'll, you'll try to implement some pattern recognition or something. But uh, yeah, that that sounds like Glenn. And um, again, a little, little envious that you have those uh, resources to to draw from. But also, like, kudos for even pursuing that. I think a lot of people maybe might be a little shy to approach some of the better players and, and ask for help. So definitely shows how, how serious you are taking this and, and where you're going. And, um, Munchie had a really good question that I'm saving for later, but I'm, I'll be, I'm dying to ask you that one. So we'll, we'll continue. Uh oh. (laughs) Um, yeah, it was a good one. Um, did you have any role models growing up and this could be, uh, just in general in life? Um, yeah, I mean, my biggest role model to this day is my mom. I mean, she is truly one of the strongest people I've ever, I mean, it's easy to say because she's my mom, but like just the, the things that she's gone through in her life and how she's helped me to get through, like, so, you know, we both went through our own cancer journeys. Um, I was diagnosed, um, in 2015, 20, yeah, 2015, I was diagnosed and, once I was done with my treatments, I was I was in treatment for about like a year and a half. And once I was done, 
I so I was done in like September, and then in October she was diagnosed with her own cancer oh. and had to go through her own treatments and stuff. And just seeing the way that she fought through that and all the other shit that's happened in her life, and seeing how strong she is, and I mean I'm getting emotional and I'm trying not to cry because that's just like not the mood. <laughs> but she she's just she's just the she's the exact type of person that I hope that I can become when you know the 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 older that I'm getting I hope to become the person that she is and she's it's that's that right there is the type of person that I want to become she's like my biggest role model for sure awesome man yeah I mean if you get emotional that's fine we're probably gonna easily go over two hours so there's a lot of a lot of ground to cover go through the if entire I start spectrum crying, I'm, I'm apologizing now because <laughs> it's ugly <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, there's always the edit feature, so I'll just replay like <laughs> yeah, some funny noises. Me out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some music for I, absolutely I no reason. With, yeah, there's like weird music in the background. Why is there music? <laughs> oh, it's because Michael's bawling his brains out. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, it got it got deep. Um, <laughs> it got too deep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, shoot, we've both. Uh, I mean, I I even talked about my mom. I don't think I've ever mentioned her at all in the entire podcast, not once in all some hundred odd episodes I've ever done. So first time for everything um yeah so can we can we talk about the uh um cancer for a little bit uh yeah absolutely so you know when i when i found out you had it uh so you said you were diagnosed in 2015 mm -hmm. um and when, when did you overcome it recently right like your last treatment was my last treatment was so i was in treatment for a year and a half and um that was like my last chemo round. Mm. Um, so the type of cancer that I had, it's called a, um, it's called a grade four. Oh God, I'm, I hope I don't get this wrong. Grade four gliosarcoma. It's a, it's essentially, it's a reoccurring tumor and the type of, so glioblastoma is kind of like the umbrella of that sort of tumor. It's like the, the overall name is glioblastoma. The sarcoma part just means that it's super aggressive and very quick growing. And because it's reoccurring, even though I went in, so I, I had brain surgery, they removed 100% of the tumor, which is amazing. Wow. But because it, because of like the, the, um, the makeup of the tumor, it's, it's reoccurring. So it has these little, for lack of a better term, it's, it's got these little thingies on it that like dig right on in to where it grows. And those little things can grow into another tumor essentially. Um, it's just a matter of like the makeup where it's at and if it's going to be dormant or not, like it just, you never know. There's, there's only so much research out there about that sort of tumor. Um, for, for our, for like my doctors to be able to like go off of. So some of the, so I'm now eight years out from that moment. And at the time I was only given a year to live. Um, cause that's based on the science and based on everything. That's what they, that's what they knew at the time. Um, I was very, very fortunate that the location of the tumor was at the very top of my brain. So when the brain surgeon went in for surgery, he was able to just kind of scoop it right on out. Didn't damage anything. What, before I went in for surgery, the reason I was able to kind of figure out that, oh, this is how I found out I have a tumor in my brain. I had a brain hemorrhage and it it ruptured something in a part of my brain and it 
I lost some of my vision. So I'm blind on my right peripheral vision is completely gone. So I don't have that sort of right, that sort of like right side. It's like this like giant black box, just like in the corner of my eye that I can't see anything. It's just this like blindness. Um, and at first it was like, oh, I'm just having a really bad headache. And this is like one of those like floaters in your, in your eyes, right? Right. It'll go away, whatever. And then it didn't go away. So then when I went to the eye doctor, she couldn't find out what was going on with it. And so she, um, she like went out to some of her colleagues and they recommended that I go into the emergency room, like immediately they're like, something else is going on and you got to go get checked out. So once they did an MRI on me, that's when they found the tumor and they were like, you're going right in for surgery, buddy. Cause, cause I think it was the size of a golf ball was, was the size that they told me, which, you know, a golf ball inside your brain isn't, you know, super cute. So we got to get that out of there. <laughs> yeah. Cause um, that, that's the main reason. It's just not, it's not attractive. <laughs> not attractive, man. No, thanks. Um, so yeah. So, um, I kind of lost track of where I was going with that, but, um, uh, yeah, once I finished all, once that was all squared away and I finished all my treatments and stuff like that, um, wait let's go back i what was what was what was i what was the point of this what was i trying to say no you're so stupid for a second no you're good you covered plenty uh initially i had asked uh was it something you just recently overcame oh yeah well so i guess the answer is no this has been like an eight-year journey um but i'm i'm grateful to even be sitting here right now because because the doctor said you know you only have a year to live um, and I was on this, I, they gave me a second treatment that I was on for, um, a good amount of time, but like the years, you know, between when I was diagnosed and today, well, not today, uh, I think it was last year. Um, I was on this treatment called, um, it was called the Optune device and it was part, it was, um, this company called Novacure created it. And essentially what it is, it's these, it's these pads that I would wear on my head and it would emit electrodes into my brain. And the electrodes would screw up, um, I think it's like the mitosis process of cell division. So when cells are trying to like divide and like grow, it would screw up that process and 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 just basically destroy any chance of the tumor growing. Um, the research that they had on it was was basically just saying like this just kind of like allowed for an extended period of of life for the patient it wasn't a cure it was just some extended just an extended life um but i wore it for i think it was like six years six seven years hmm. um and then you know insurance stupid unfortunately had to kind of give it up um and it was scary it was a scary time to give that up because at the time i was done with chemo and all that sort of stuff and because this was the only treatment I was on in my brain, LOL brain, I was, uh, I was only ever thinking that this was the reason that I was staying alive. So when it got taken away from me and I couldn't wear it anymore, I was like, uh Oh, I don't have anything helping me out, but you know, I'm, I'm a year out from that moment and I feel good. I'm healthy. I'm able to play dodgeball. I've had really great scans. Cause I, I, for a while I was doing every six months, I would go and get a scan done to like check up on things and make sure everything was good. And there was no growth. And as of now, there's still no growth. And I've been able to move out to uh, seeing my doctor now every nine months, which is kind of like once a year, essentially. 
which is something that I never thought in my life I would ever get. Because at the start of this, it was like either once a month I was getting scans or it moved to every three months. And I never really deviated from that sort of plan because my doctor was like, we got to stay on top of it just to make sure that if it starts growing, we can go into action and take you into surgery and have it removed again or whatever the, whatever the game plan she had for just in case it grew back. Um, but yeah, without jinxing anything, knock on wood, everything yeah. has been amazing. It was secretly kind of knocking on wood for you. Um, so you, the reason why I ask is I, I remember you posted something, I want to say fairly recently where you had just finished or maybe it was like a status update or, or something. And that's why mm-hmm. in my mind, I was like, first of all, I had no idea. Secondly, okay, wow. He, you know, carried that well, if that was something that he had been just living with. Um, I, I can't remember what the, I think I posted something super recently just to kind of say like, Oh, I'm eight years cancer free is uh, okay. essentially, I think what I posted, um, with some like thirst trap sort of photo, which, you know, why not? You got to do sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but... go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I mean, you overcame cancer, so you got to take advantage of the opportunity. Right. Okay. <laughs> That's um... what I was thinking. Yeah, well, well, again, appreciate you sharing that, man. And I mean, I just, I'm trying to, I want to pull you back into a dark spot, but like, I I can't imagine what being told you have maybe a year to live. Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Like just what, what changes when you're told that? I mean, just, I mean, so when I didn't know it was cancer at first, when I went in for surgery and everything, I thought it was just a tumor and they were going to remove it and everything was going to be Gucci. But then when the doctor came in at post-surgery and was like, okay, we did our test on it. Um, and in fact, when the doctor, well, one of the doctors came into the room, um, none of like all my parents and family and friends, they were always taking turns and watching me and being there with me because they were, they were scared out of their minds. So was I, because yeah. we had no idea what was going on. Couldn't believe that this was even happening. Um, and this was like the one moment where no one was there and the doctor chose that moment to walk in and be like, Hey, we did tests and we found out that the tumor is cancerous, blah, blah, blah. I was completely alone. Had I couldn't even comprehend the words that he was like saying to me that like, what do you mean it was cancerous? No, it's not. You're what a joke, man. You're a real comedian. This isn't cancer. You're crazy. But like it it was real. And I had to find a way to just kind of accept it in that moment. And I maybe it was like a fight or flight sort of situation, but I, I had to just kind of take it and be like, okay, what's next steps? What is next? What's next? Because I'm not gonna let this kill me. I'm not gonna let this do me in. I'm gonna beat it. So what's next? What do I gotta do? Um so they sent me over to city of hope, uh, which is the best cancer hospital in the entire country. If not the world, in my opinion, they've completely saved my life. My doctor is the best doctor out there. She's, I don't know all of her accolades, but she's one of the top, you know, neuroscientists out there. Um, Dr. Janaport now shout out. Um, and, uh, when I was sent there, um, that's when she kind of explained to me what exactly was the tumor, what the cancer was, what the prognosis, the, or, uh, yeah, the prognosis and everything, just kind of like what this was. Um, and actually my mom 
So when I was in the room, the doctor was telling me what the cancer was, but she didn't tell me about the life expectancy yet. Like she didn't really go into that. And I was still in shock when she told me what was going on. Like I knew it was cancer, but I didn't know how bad it was. And when she was telling me how bad it was, I was just, it, it just didn't make sense. Like, how did I get to this point? I had just started this life. I was about to move out to Los Angeles from, from my parents' house. I was about to start this whole new life and start, start. I was 23 turning 24 at the time. So super young and just starting my life. I couldn't believe this is where I was. Um, and honestly, I don't even know if I came to terms with it in that moment. It probably took me a long time for me to actually come to terms with it. Um, but my mom took the doctor outside of the room and I was in there. My best friend, Kelsey was there with me. God bless her. She's the absolute best. Uh, she was in the room with me and she just kind of sat there and we just stayed silent. Like we, neither of us could really talk because neither of us knew what to say to each other. Cause it was just like, what the, f what the fuck? <laughs> right. Um, but my, my mom took my doctor outside and the doctor told her what the life expectancy was. And my mom was like, do not tell him that. Say, don't even mention it. Say that it's, you know, a mystery you don't know. And we're going to see. She's like, because if you tell him that he only has a year, there's going to be a part of him that's going to give up. Don't do that. Um, and thank God, thank God that happened because that's exactly, th that was the opposite of what I fought so hard. The only thing I could think about, at, you know, speaking of dodgeball, the only thing that I could really think about was getting back on the court. It's the only thing I wanted. I, I wanted to get back to my life. I wanted to get back to what I was starting, you know, all that sort of stuff. But truly the only thing that I could ever really think about was just getting back to playing dodgeball. Cause I had just started and I was just starting to get the sense of like what the sport was about. And I didn't want to stop and I didn't want it to stop my progression and I wasn't about to let it. So thank God my mom didn't, or I thank God the doctor didn't tell me what the, what the, um, the sort of like life expectancy was. Um, I only found out after, I think it was after all my treatments. I think it was after like a year and a half of the treatments. My mom was like, so I just want to let you know <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, there might have been a little situation where I told the doctor not to tell you this, but, and then she told me that like, she only really gave you a year to live and you're now a year and a half out. Oh my God. And I just, broke i mean i just broke down because i couldn't believe that that was what she was about to tell me that like i really only had that one year to you know figure my stuff out gather my things and you know you're you're about you're about to go um and now that i'm eight years out i mean i still have that sort of like trauma response to that sort of thing you know the idea of death for me is is tough because i i felt so close to it and not a lot of people can get to say that where they felt so close to death in that moment and have been able to survive it and i'm lucky i'm one of the lucky ones that there this this type of cancer and cancer in general has taken so many people from us and i think all of us listening you and i i think we've all been uh we've all had like cancer in our lives and it's affected us in our lives. Um, and so I just, I feel so 
crazy, crazy lucky that I'm sitting here today being able to even talk about it. Yeah, that's <clears throat> dang, dude. Um, <laughs> I know it's a lot. Sorry, y'all. No, I... <laughs> I swear to God, I'm fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this isn't the real you. Uh, you're very jovial and, and happy. Um, I, but that's what I like about this, and and kind of not not changing my my approach with, the, with with the podcast. But there there have been times in the earlier seasons where. You know, I would kind of skirt around something that would be a little too deep or a little too non-dodgeball related. And the times where I was actually willing to go there, I've had I have had people reach out saying, "Hey, you know, I had, I had no idea so and so was going through this, or it really helped me through something, or I, I identify with that person." So, um, I mean, you never know what sharing some of these very personable stories outside the court will do for people. And um, man, dude, that, that's that's wild. You're so. So you had no idea that that you had had a, a yeah. I mean, I don't I don't want to no, regurgitate anything. Just that's just wild. I had no clue. It wasn't until that, like I said, like that brain hemorrhage that hit. It wasn't until then, and going to see the doctor, that I was like, oh, I think something's actually wrong. And thank God that I did, because if I didn't, I probably would have only had like a couple more months left to live at that point. Jeez. If I didn't go in for surgery and all that, like it probably would have killed me within the within like a couple months man and yeah so when i when i found out i was trying to find that post on facebook mm -hmm. i was like there's no way like this guy's like don't think this is gonna sound weird this guy's really good looking looks healthy like he's he's, he's that doesn't active. sound weird at all you could say that again i am good looking <laughs> god damn it thank you <laughs> it, it'll probably come out again but it's like you, you just you never struck me as someone that you know had had would have had cancer i would never have guessed and you know, you're telling me about your, your, your timeline of when you discovered, you know, WeHo and, and you started to get that, you know, like you said, you, you, that's when you came out and that's when you're starting to get like your, uh, your, your life going and then boom, like cancer, like Jesus, man, that's, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough going back to that sort of place in my mind of like where I was, but honestly, I had so many people surrounding me that were just lifting me up and helping me through it that like it, it it was it was a lot easier to get through because of them. So I mean those people that were in my life that and they still are to this day I I couldn't be more thankful for them for just 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 being there, just yeah. being just just like showing up and being like, "Hey man, how you doing? What's going on? Talk to me." You know, people always were checking in and I even even my bosses that I was working for at the time, they even came and visited me when I was uh, fresh out of the hospital. They brought because um, I work in the entertainment industry, they they brought all these um, screeners for me to watch. So all these shows that like, you know, you know, from like Showtime and Stars and HBO, like some of the stuff that like I didn't have any subscriptions to. Mm -hmm. So I was able to watch all these like amazing shows while I was still kind of like in recovery and wasn't working. Um, so just like little stuff like that, that helped me to kind of get through it. And, uh, and during that time, it also, one of my really, one of my really good friends, uh, my best friend from high school, we, we kind of like had a moment where we weren't really talking for a minute, um, just through like dramatic stuff and friend groups and whatnot. But once he found out about what was going on with me, he, he came out and visited me and we just, we everything that happened we just kind of threw behind us 
and we're like, we're only moving forward from here. And like, I don't know, like in a weird, this is going to sound so psychotic, but like in a weird way, I'm grateful that it did happen because if it didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't have the people in my life that I have today. So I know that sounds kind of crazy to say like, I'm grateful I got cancer. (laughs) Not really, but like that sort of situation brought so many amazing relationships and so many amazing um, things in my life that like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So it, that one's, that one's a tough sort of like emotionality there, but um, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's, it's all fucking wild, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, I, w- I would say that's what a, what a great way, what a great way to turn a negative to a positive, but that, that feel like that cheapens it. And I'm not trying to do that. Like, I, I totally understand what you mean. And mm-hmm. I'm so tempted to take the, I'm grateful I had cancer and put that as like the opener for, the, for this episode, just to see what people will, <laughs> people will gonna, say, got to hook them, right? People would listen to that and they're going to be like, um, what? <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> you want to run that one by me again, bro? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's when I get a bunch of Facebook messages. Um, Are you okay, Steven? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Yeah, no, that is Michael okay? Right. <laughs> hey dude, you okay? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, man, I Yeah, th- there's just that's that's a lot to to process and and hear and um I, I just can't go back. I, I can't get over the fact that your mom kept that to herself. Well, that, that, I mean, that's a testament to how strong she is. I mean, yeah. like going back to saying like that she's, you know, she's a role model for me. I mean, that's like, that's like parenting level, you know, times infinity. Hero, like that, yeah. That's hero. Absolute hero. If it wasn't for her doing that, I, I don't know where I'd be. Jesus. I'm so grateful to that woman. Well, she sounds like an awesome woman and I, man, I, I, probably worth nothing but man kudos to her for just doing that for you that that, Mm -hmm. i can't imagine i can't imagine having to carry that burden and and just uh yeah Uh, i think you know what i'm trying to say and we'll yeah i got got you something a little bit happier (laughs) (laughs) um speaking of, of of heroes superheroes do you have a favorite superhero and or influential fictional character that ooh, that's a tough one okay um because i'm a big i'm a big nerd i love all the marvel dc stuff like i love it all it's hard because i have growing up i i grew up in such a i was such an emo kid growing up so like dark villainous sort of characters always is what drew me into these sort of like um to these uh superhero worlds and whatnot um i was always a big fan of the joker the joker was probably my favorite villain of all time Hmm. um so i i so i would say like that sort of opposite would be batman like i think batman would be like my favorite superhero because he didn't have powers but he was uh he was this like kick-ass you know ninja type style fighter and had all these weapons and utilities and 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 you know cars and planes and shit like it it, like that alone he's probably one of the most badass superheroes in my opinion um 
but other sort of like you know fantasy sort of worlds i i'm a big lord of the rings fan so like gandalf gandalf the gray or the white um he was first i don't know why but for some reason like just the way that he in the books and in the movies like he was somebody that i really like um kind of um i can't think of the word but just really loved him and loved that loved that character so much um so that i'd say between those two that would be like my favorite sort of superhero well i love that you said you're a huge nerd because i have to know you, you mentioned joker at first which which version of joker is your favorite I mean, old school, like, like I'm looking at like the cartoon versions, um, like the Mark Hamill. Yeah. Yeah. Mark Hamill. There's one, I think it's called the killing. Oh, the name of the movie is killing joke. Yes. Oh my God. That's one of my favorite Joker sort of iterations. Just that whole thing, that whole film was so beautifully done and the way that it all panned out and everything like i just i just love it so much and i was really offended when jared Lowe decided to try to do it justice which he did not it was not it that's not the joker that i know it's not the joker that i want take it off the screen no thank you give me give me um uh oh no uh he was in the shining what's his name oh jack nicholson why Jack Nicholson Joker, love that. That was great, amazing. Heath Ledger, that was iconic. Just all of it. I don't know why the Joker sits with me so much, but I just, I just loved, I just loved it because when I was younger, I would, I was dealing with so much bullying and insanity in high school and stuff for being gay, and you, there were so many times where I just, I just wanted to watch it all burn. Like that was like a that was like a thought that I had at like such a young age because I was so angry at the world. I was so angry at everybody for being so mean and cruel to me. And seeing some of the stuff that the Joker was doing and seeing his backstory and understanding where he came from and and what um what brought him to that point, I just I resonated with it a little bit. You know, I wasn't trying to kill people. That wasn't my vibe, but like just that sort of like energy I really gravitated towards and loved it. And like, that's why it stuck with me so much. Yeah. Even I... to this day, even to this day when like shit is going wrong and I'm just, I'm just angry and I need some, I need just something to just kind of watch just to feel like somebody understands me and gets me watching stuff like watching like uh, old cartoons or any of the old movies that that character has been in. It's, it just kind of like makes me feel like I'm not so alone watching stuff like that. Um, that somebody else out there understands that mentality that I happen to be in in that moment. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that I'm actually a super villain. <laughs> well, <laughs> in hiding and making. It's a good thing I'm nice to you then. I'll stay that way. <laughs> <laughs> Better watch you, out. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's, a, what's a joke? I'll give you candy when I see you at uh, Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> just start throwing candy at me thanks for the Fuck candy steve <laughs> yeah. that's, it might get a little too dark um <clears throat> yeah so i i haven't seen the killing joke but i know that famous line all it takes is one bad day to reduce 
was a man to lunacy or something like that. And cause I, mm-hmm. I, I watched a lot of, I don't know if you heard of the YouTube channel wisecrack. They usually do like the philosophy. Sounds of, really familiar. It's a really cool channel. They, they, I, they, they got me into it when they started doing eight bit philosophy and they would take like Nietzsche or Seder or, um, you know, all the philosophy folks and they would, mm-hmm. they would do, um, they would explain what their, you know, what they brought to the world, what their contributions were, their theories and whatever, but they would do it to like eight bit, like Nintendo videos. It was really cool. I so, love that. Yeah, That's super awesome. Yeah. So you'd see like, um, like Kirby was reenacting, um, who's the guy that did all the drugs? Um, uh, like gonna, Kirby, like Kirby from Nintendo Kirby, like Nintendo Kirby. Um, Oh my God. That's one of my favorite Nintendo characters too. Super Smash Brothers. I'm only Kirby. That's it. You can't put, you can't put me in any other character. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't, uh, I'm so bad at that game. I just, just stay away. I didn't say I was good. Oh. It's just the only character that I know how to play. <laughs> but I love it because he's just this fat, round, pink thing throwing <laughs> hammers at shit. I, I, like, hello. I love it. Yeah. There's, oh man. I mean, if I remember, there's, there's a really funny, I don't know, it's hit or miss. There's this YouTube channel called Terminal Montage that they'll take like a speed run of a game, but they'll animate it into a cartoon. And they. <laughs> I'm going way off the deep end here. They they follow <laughs> some of Kirby's games. Like they'll do um, the Kirby 64, and they'll do like the entire playthrough. But it'll be like a 15 minute cartoon, and it's so hilarious. And they call him Kerbo, and for some reason he's such a wholesome character. Like he is like I don't know how you feel about uh, Christianity, but he's just like the the joke is he's a hardcore Christian, but like a good one. Like he's just there for his fellow like men, women. He's just a good guy. It's so hilarious, and they even do like a Kerbo Christmas, and it's it's really sweet. I'm just like, what, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> I mean, usually those sort of like YouTube, you know, deep dive dark holes that you fall into, you find some of the craziest shit. And so I can imagine, I can imagine that being out there. But now I kind of now I kind of want I kind of want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, see, this would be that this would be on the second part of the quadrant. So you'd have like rallies, and then wholesome Kerbo and then be like what, what the hell <laughs> what the fuck are they talking about yeah, like, <laughs> what, what is this about um yeah if after this all I'll message you the the link and you know, just watch at your own risk and just you know don't think less Perfect. of me love it yeah, like, yeah this, is, this is what Steve watches on his free time but um <laughs> that's really cool what you shared about the Joker and, and kind of um kind of explaining why why you would I don't say like identify with him but why why he appealed to you um mm-hmm. But then you kind of, you mentioned Batman. So what's the, what, what was the draw there? Um, Other than, you know, he was cool and, and kind of dark and broody. Um, just curious. I like... think he went, he went through something that changed his life and he took that and made something bigger than himself out of it. Um, which I really, uh, which I really took to, um, and 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 I mentioned this earlier, because he doesn't have any superpowers, he has to do other stuff to make himself a superhero to fight against all these like bad guys. Right. So having all the tools, having all the the fun little gadgets and whatnot, and you know, granted, it helps to be like super fucking rich. So I guess that's a superpower is just having all the money in the world. Absolutely. But being able to have all that to be able to fight against all the villains that he does, like. that's better than like a super i mean superman superman right like he's this amazing person with all these powers but 
Batman doesn't have that and can do the same thing. Like he can still fight against all these villains and win without any of those powers. So that's why I like him the most because it, it might like, I don't need a power to be able to beat somebody. I just got the skill. I've got the gadgets. I've got the stuff to be able to do it all on my own. Nice. Have you, uh, do you watch the DC movies at all? Like the animated ones? Uh, the, I haven't seen some of the animated ones. There's so many out there and right. there's so much content now that it's hard to kind of keep up with most of them, but I, I haven't really seen too many of the, of the animated films. I have not either. But oh, good. Yeah. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I was gonna say, I, I haven't either, but because me and YouTube just get along so well and just knows what I need mm -hmm. at the right time. There's, um, <laughs> there's this dialogue between him and I think Owlman it's like an alternate version of Batman, except the guy, this owl guy is like just, he's voiced by James Woods. Very like calculated, very matter of fact. Um, looks like he'd be a fantastic villain. And if I ever had the time, I'd probably watch the entire movie. But yeah. they're facing off and they're like even matched. In fact, the owl even has like the, ha the upper hand on Batman. But mm -hmm. Batman being Batman um, is about to foil his plan. And he, I think he says like, you know what the difference between you and me is? And this is when he's about to just, you know, basically just end the owl. He says, we mm -hmm. both looked into the abyss, but when it looked back at us, you blinked. And I was like, Jesus, that's an awesome villain. That's, I miss an awesome good guy. Like, yeah. that's a crazy line. And I was just like, man, these DC movies are, they're, they're not cartoons. Uh, they, that to you. Like some of these cartoons, even now when I go back and watch some of like the old cartoons that I watched when I was a kid, there's so many dark adult themes <laughs> in it that when you watch, you're like, wait, whoa, this is deeper than I thought it was as a kid. Like right. I'm seeing it from a completely different lens, probably because, you know, I'm older. I'm an adult. I've been through so much in my life that like I see it now and I'm like, oh, that's what they're meaning to do with this. That's what they're trying to to portray in this film or TV show. Do you ever find yourself going back and watching like Tom and Jerry or Looney Tunes and just like losing your mind laughing just at how simple and funny they are? Or was that just me? Oh, every day. Awesome. <laughs> every day. Yep. I love cartoons. There, there's Bunny's where it's at. Yeah, there's there's some great ones and they're just like, wait, I, I just I just totally got that now. That, that went way over my head as a kid. Uh that joke that the kite like uh um that Wiley Coyote would do where he would like hold up a sign and it would have a screw in a ball. Yep. I never, never understood that joke until maybe a couple of years ago as a full grown adult. And I watched it just on a whim, just kind of like just watching old cartoons and he held up the sign and I was like, screwball. I, like I screamed it out because I was <laughs> like, Oh my God, I just got the joke. I felt so stupid, but was so happy that I finally got it. <laughs> hey, I, I beat, uh, the old school 8-bit Mario Brothers uh, at like 35 and I was very very proud of myself so mm -hmm. <laughs> when you get something you get something but yeah take the win <laughs> yep like yeah but the little kid in me is happy now that, that's for you little little Steve <laughs> that's for you little guy yep <laughs> um real quick Gandalf so mm -hmm. I I loved um so I, I read the Hobbit in sophomore high school just happened upon it. My mom recommended it and I was like, this is actually really good. And she's like, well, you should read Lord of the Rings. I'm like, but you're not a nerd mom. What would you know about good books? Prove me wrong. Um, even my dad had read those and he doesn't read at all. And, uh, man, the, they just sucked me in. And, um, 
I thought Gand- Gandalf was pretty cool. Aragorn was my favorite, but mm-hmm. the movie version of Gandalf, he was so badass. Like I remember, like he was wielding a staff and a sword, and he was just cutting people down. Like this is this is not the Gandalf I pictured in the books. Ian McKellen did such a good job yeah. with that character, and he really just uh, encapsulated what that character meant. Like he he had he he was meant to play that character, and I actually have. Um, I, I have tattoos and I love tattoos, but, uh, I got, I got a quote from him from, uh, fellowship of the ring. Um, it's, uh, all we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. It's my favorite quote of all time. And I think that's why I gravitated towards Gandalf because not only is he so wise, but he had all of he's, or I mean, not only is he so badass and has all these like, like cool shit that he can do. But he's so wise and and he just has been through so much in his life and is able to impart so much of his wisdom onto, you know, Frodo and the rest of the and the rest of the gang that he's fought that he's with. Um, and that quote resonated with me really hard, especially after um, after being diagnosed with cancer. Um, it really resonated with me because it's like I, I'm not going to dwell on you know, all, you know what, what's the core? All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. You know, I'm not going to dwell on all this. I, I only have so much time on this planet, on this earth, on this realm, what, whatever. I, I'm going to make the most of it, whatever it is. What, whatever it is that my life is, is going to be, I'm going to make the most of it right now in this moment and not waste time. Yeah, no, that that's... I can completely see why that would be such a powerful quote for you. And I mean, it's just a good dialogue because um, what they're, they're talking in the cave and mm-hmm. what Frodo's bitching, <laughs> Frodo's complaining about, you know, just how bad things are. And uh, he's like, well, it's, it was right after Smeagol, like he recognized that Smeagol was following him yep. and they were talking about uh, just like feeling bad. Like he was like, I feel, uh, oh God, I'm going to, I'm going to screw it up. Um, but something was happening and he was getting, like you said, like he was getting upset and that's when Gandalf said that quote. And it was like this really powerful moment in the movie and yeah. in the books. Yeah, that was, uh, yeah. Cause he's talking about like killing Smeagol. Oh, it's, it's a pity. Mm-hmm. Bilbo never killed him. Pity. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, man, that was a good, not to rewatch those. Um, uh, those, those are great stories and great characters and just some of the stuff that they dropped like Sam's monologues, Sam picking up Frodo. I almost cried during that part when he's like carrying him up in the up Mount Doom. He's like, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. I'm like, Oh man, I need, I wish I had friends like that. But, uh, Oh, I, those movies made me ball like a baby. My yeah. God, that, that specific moment. I was like, yes, Sam, pick him up, take him. <laughs> <laughs> Go Sam. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, that, that could be another hour-long conversation. I know. I know. I could talk about that for hours. Um, I'm trying to see if, because we're getting towards the crowdsource questions, mm-hmm. and then we go into some questions that could be a little heavier hitting. Um, I'm just debating if I want to... Actually, I'll, I'll leave it up to you. So you mentioned, um, you know, fortunately, you know, growing up gay, you're you're bullied. Um, and you, you kind of, mm-hmm. kind of adopted this, like this attitude of wanting to watch the world burn. How did you come out of that? Because you, you don't strike me as that person anymore for whatever that's worth. Just some of that, you know, 
can't say he knows it you really took, well, but it took a lot of, you know, a lot of strength to kind of pull me out of that sort of world. I really thank my my parents and my friends at the time for being, you know, my friends didn't know, but the ones that I feel like may have known, they were they stood up for me when when things were happening. You know, they were always there to, you know, even if they didn't stand up for me, they would always be there to be like, hey, we got you. Like, hmm. let's wash you off or let's, you know, let's, you know, we'll take you away from the situation and we'll just like calm you down. Um, my parents do. My parents were amazing. And, you know, they it, when I was younger, I didn't think that they knew. But my my mom always knew from like I probably from birth. My mom was like, oh, that mm -hmm, that that child is very gay. God bless. Happy to have them. <laughs> um, but I, I, the, the way I kind of got out of it, um, music, music for me was, was so important and kind of the similar sort of way that I talked about the Joker where like watching him and watching that character and, and having some sort of like being able to resonate with some of the reasons why he did the things he did made me feel not so alone music also kind of did that for me and at the time i and i still to this day i'm a big emo pop punk rock sort of like fan and my chemical romance being my favorite band of all time i listened to them on repeat and just the the themes that they would that they would sing about and just the just the way that they would just kind of like emote it like the emotions behind it it made it made it feel like it was okay to be angry it was okay to feel these emotions and that it wasn't a bad thing that i was feeling this way mm -hmm. and because i was listening to all that types of music it just made me feel not so alone and not feeling that loneliness is what got me out of that sort of like super negative feeling of like i just i i just want to like you said like i just want to watch the world burn um i was able to find some sort of joy and it got me out of those really dark places because I mean, people would follow me home from school. Like they'd take the bus with me and then follow me home and just call me all sorts of names. Uh, you know, I get thrown into lockers and pushed around and just, it, it was, it was really, it was a really shitty time in my life and it made it hard coming out of the closet because it made me feel like if I come out, people are going to hate me. People are going to think I'm disgusting and all that. So why, LOL, why would I come out? Um, and just as time kind of like moved on and I was in music, you know, different you know, movie characters and all this, I was able to kind of like feel this sort of like feeling of not being so alone. And it got me through all those years to a point to where I was finally able to feel comfortable enough to come out. Uh, my best friend, Jeff was the very first person I ever came out to. I remember we were sitting in my car and we were hanging out with like our crew of friends and I was driving us from something. I can't even remember. And I dropped them all off and Jeff was the last person I was dropping off. And at the time I was just, I was, I was in my head. I knew I wanted to talk about it with him. I knew I wanted to say something and I was just so, I, 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 I didn't know how to say it. And when I pulled up, he was like, I feel like something's wrong with you. Like, I feel like there's, there's something you need to say or do or talk about, like, just, just say it, dude. Like, just, just say what's on your mind. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to do it. And I made up some other 
I made up some other story in my mind of like that. I told him like, Oh, I'm just worried about this. And he was like, bullshit. No, that's not it. Hmm. I know what you're about to say. Tell me, just, just tell me. So I finally told him, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gay. And he was like, great. Finally, you fucking said it. Now we can move on. At, like, and it was, it was so weird to be like, wait a minute, wait, this is a good thing. Like, it's okay that I told you that. And he's like, yeah, dude, super cool. I don't care. Like, I want to go home now. Can I get out of the car? It doesn't change anything. <laughs> it didn't change a single thing. And it was like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's, there's something that like, maybe, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe this isn't such a curse. And the more people that I told, the second person I told was my other best friend, Kelsey. Uh, and, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a religious person. I don't, I, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't really like to talk about it too much because I don't know exactly what I believe in or what I don't believe in, but I know that religion is just not for me. I don't think religion is great. You can believe in whatever you want to believe in. That's good for you. But for me, it's just not it. Right. And her and I were, uh, we were at a birthday party with uh, some friends of ours that are, they're very Christian. Uh, we don't really speak to them anymore. Um, but at the time we were all going to college together. And we were at this birthday party and we had like had a separate moment away from everyone. Um, and it was like this like gymnastic studio. I don't know why that was where we had this birthday at, but listen, here we are. We were at this gymnastic studio and we were just kind of like fucking around, like doing whatever. And we were like stuck in this like, like foam, like where they do like the jumps into like the foam pit. We were like sitting in the foam pit and we were just kind of like talking about stuff and we were, t I can't remember exactly like what we were talking about, but we were talking about something where we, I was talking about like, Oh, I love Lady Gaga and I love this and I love that. And and she was like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay. And I could sense that she was like, I think you have something you want to tell me. Why don't you go ahead and say it? And so finally I was like, can I tell you something? She's like, yes, please, please tell me, please tell me everything you're about to tell me right now. <laughs> like I, she was so excited because I think she knew what I was about to say. And then I told her and it just, it, it was, it was another uh, situation where she was just so happy. She was happy that I was able to, to tell her and I was able to be my authentic self and not have to worry about hiding myself from anybody. And it was like, oh my God. Okay. You know what? fuck this. I'm going to tell more people. I'm going to start telling more friends. I'm going to start really getting myself out there and not be so like angry at the fact that I, that I have that, that I am, that I am gay. And I was so angry with myself and so like mad that this was my, you know, at the time I felt it was some sort of like affliction. Right. Right. Which is not the case. That's just who I am. And, uh, it was just such a beautiful moment and I was so happy to get out of it. And because of those two, because of Jeff and Kelsey, I was, it, they, they saved my life in that moment or in those moments to be able to just kind of like not feel so alone. And then when I finally told my parents, even more so, I, I, I couldn't have felt better after telling my mom and my stepdad, it, it was, it was the greatest moment ever. Cause my mom was so like, finally you told me like it's been how how many 20 plus years like jesus thank god you finally said something now we can move on <laughs> man well thanks thanks for sharing man um mm -hmm. 
just trying to, a lot of questions come up and um let me get the ankle biter out of the way what, what is your favorite my chemical romance song oh that's disrespectful um i would <laughs> oof, god damn it there's so many i think like okay I think my favorite song, the one that like I would listen to on repeat and just I, I could not stop listening to it. It's from the uh, Three Cheers from for Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge that album. It's called it. Uh, I'm not okay. Is the song? Mm-hmm. It's my favorite song of all time. And to be honest, it's what at the time in high school is what I would like scream when I was like alone in my room or in the shower or something just scream it out saying like i'm not okay because at the time i just felt like i wasn't okay but listening to them talk like listen listen to that song and, and the words and how they were emoting and everything it that right there just was like oh my god there's other people that also feel this way maybe it's not just me it's other people there's other shit going like other people are feeling this way too i'm not alone here and that's why it's probably my favorite song. And not only that, but it's also just a really kick-ass song. <laughs> right. I saw them live recently um, when they were on their like uh, their most recent tour. And I mean, I lived my best life. We had floor seats. I paid a pretty penny for it because I was like, if I'm going to see my favorite band of all time, I'm not sitting in the bleachers or in the, in the nosebleeds. Like, I'm going to see them. That's not going to happen. I'm going to see them. And boy, oh boy, did I, I lost my mind. I cried three or four times. My, 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 my friend and my roommate who I went with, uh, he has a video of me. I think it was on the, I'm not okay song. And I was truly unhinged, just screaming it at them as if I was singing it myself. Like I was on stage doing it and I lost my mind. And he has a video of me after I, after like one moment, I like turned to the camera and I have full tears coming down my face. It was so ridiculous. I, I turned into such a kid that night. Yeah, I know, but that was probably just blissful, right? I mean, therapeutic maybe in a way too or cathartic yeah all, all, all the all the good emotions all that stuff it was it was such a it was such a perfect night it's one of my favorite nights it'll uh, be in my mind for forever nice yeah i'm not a huge fan of my chemical my chemical romance but i do like um the ghost of you that's a great song <sighs> that's a great song the, the music video it's is so amazing good. yeah was... They put out really, really good music videos back in the day. I miss the days of those types of music videos. I, that makes me sound like I'm 80 years old. But like I, I miss those types of music videos. Now things just seem kind of like just put together randomly and they're like whatever. Yeah. But like back then there was a story. There was a there was something to follow. Yeah, there's at least a thought process behind it. And yeah, even then, uh, you know, when you say when they did music videos back then, I was, I was thinking like late nineties, mid nineties, mm-hmm. but there's uh yeah, what 2000 or two thousands. They're, they're still, they're still tol- tolerable. They were still doing it. They were still tolerable. I mean, it was starting to kind of, you know, fade out into like, you know, the weird shit that they do now. Yeah. But even in that time frame, there were still solid music videos. I think, uh, the last music video I saw with intention to see it was, uh, Lady Gaga, hold my hand from Maverick. Oh my God! And I was like, "Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling things now. I'm, I'm gonna stop this." <laughs> it was uh, nice. Uh, that. Yeah, that's a good one too. Did you see Maverick? 
I did not. It's I'm. It's not my type of movie. No. I should probably see it, but I also probably won't. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I love the song. But late, I'm I'm a huge Lady Gaga fan, so I I love the song. Anything she does is great. I have to agree. I'm, I mean, I can't say I'm a huge fan, but I, there's songs that I really like, and uh, obviously I'm not going to change your mind about seeing the movie. But it it really it goes well with with the. Uh, with the movie, the song. Okay. I, I'm sure I'll probably see it at some point. Probably if I'm like flying somewhere and I happen, you know, flying from, you know, going to the East coast or something, I have a long time and it happens to be on there as an option of it. All right. Like I have no way to escape I've got this. the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'll watch it. Yeah. That one. And, um, stars born. What's the song? Um, with freaking Bradley Cooper. That one gets me. Oh, um, uh oh jesus it right popped right out of my head i know i know i know which song you're talking about and yeah that one slaps it's good shallow it, it gets shallow there there it is yeah just, that one makes me cry her voice man just goddamn um you just, i know just feel it um that's the thing that people don't understand about <clears throat> lady gaga is that like yeah she's pop yeah all this stuff but like if you actually like take a second and listen to some of her songs and some of her music She's got such a powerful voice and there's such artistry behind it that you're like, oh, like, okay, I could get into this. And I've gotten like, even my parents, like I've gotten them into like Lady Gaga songs because they're like, she's an amazing singer. There's more than just like, you know, I'm just some pop star or whatever. Like there's more to it. I think she's definitely beyond pop star status. I mean, that was maybe mid 2000s when she first came out and then just, I mean, yeah, she's very talented um, one thing I wanted to ask and or mention. Um, so I do you know Josh Ty by chance from the what East was Coast? Again? Say it again. Joshua uh, Ty. No, that name sound doesn't sound familiar. So you play with Arkham. I don't. I don't know if he's playing this season. I, maybe we'll find out nationals. Um, so he was somebody I interviewed last year, and he really like. He said a lot of things that I, I was not expecting. Um, that that maybe pause um and i'm hoping it's in a good way like he had mentioned um you know growing up because he obviously he, he grew up gay as well and he, he like it it was so bad for him that he never played sports like he just was so against putting himself in a situation where he would be picked on and bullied because of because he was different and what what tied that together was he had said dodgeball gave him like a sense of familiarity with his body. Like, like it, it really struck me because growing up as a kid, I guess kids grow up this way. I do as a kid, when I was growing up, my parents made me play all these sports. Like it was just your typical upbringing, mm-hmm. like going to play baseball, going to play basketball, football, karate. So I, I, I appreciate it, but I still took an element of it for granted. And that was, I got the chance to do that. And I never had to worry about being bullied for something I couldn't help. And I never, mm-hmm. Like I could never consider or fathom being so out of touch with what your body's capable of doing. Like when he said that, I was like, wow. Um, like that, that to this day, sometimes I'll find myself thinking about that. Like I, I can't imagine what it's like growing up like that and just being, just being a victim for, for something that, you know, is no, I don't say you have any control. Like it, it just, it, like you shouldn't be picked on for that. Like you said, it was like an affliction. Like that's what it felt like. Like that's a horrible way to live. And, um, you know, talking to him, 
um, talking to you, like you sharing more of that really, um, I want to say, what I'm trying to say, like, I appreciate it more than I think you would know because it just helps me be more sensitive and, and, and understanding. And, you know, I, you know, at 40 years old, I think I, I know it all, but I clearly don't. And it's, uh, I don't know what the word is, it, but it's just, it's, it's very eye opening still to this day. Like you'd think, okay, 2023 and eh, we don't have these problems anymore. People are over it. Um, that's simply not the case. And that, that's something that's really hard to, to, um, to wrap your head around and hold on to, if that makes any sense. No. Yeah. Makes total sense. <clears throat> I mean, even in 2023, there's still situations that I find myself in with people being very against uh, the gay community and you know I've there's family members that have made their choices and how they want to respond to me and how they want to um, view me and that's that's their choice and I I wish them well but they're not going to be a part of my life anymore because I'm not going to have that sort of that negativity in my life. I've done so much work to get to where I am at today to be so accepting of who I am and my life and, and living my authentic self that I'm not going to let any of that bullshit from my past or, or family to ever uh, uh, put me back into that place where I'm questioning things and whatnot, because like, that's just not it. Like, and like you said, like people are still learning and, it does suck that we're so far into like, you know, we're at 2023, you would hope people would be more progressive. It's just not the case. There's still pockets of, you know, even just this country, there's still so many pockets of people that will never be accepting. I mean, we're dealing with so many horrific things happening with, you know, with our trans community and with our drag community. And, you know, there are states and governors and people trying to take that away and trying to make it illegal to, to even just just being like just being out there and and something that's so wholesome and 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 fun and it's it's about it's about having fun it has nothing to do with you know people talk about like you know grooming and whatnot there's none of that none of that is happening we're just living our lives and we're just being who we are that's it and for some reason that seems to piss people off and you know, unfortunately, I in, within dodgeball, I have unfortunately come across people who are homophobic and have said homophobic things. And it sucks to be, you know, this is this is my community. And it sucks to feel like sometimes you don't belong in that community. Um, and honest to God, like it's it's the reason why I started toxic masculinity was because I wanted I wanted to. I personally wanted to feel like I belonged here and I wanted to bring along people that were also queer that never felt like they did, they did belong or could belong. And I wanted to put together a team of badass dodgeball players, you know, queer people and to go out there and show that, yeah, we do belong. We do belong here. We can, we can, we can best some of the best out there. And I think at nationals last year, we proved that exact thing that we do belong in this community. We do belong in this, in this place, queer, like queer people belong here. And like, it's just, it's time for people to just start accepting that and stop being so against it. 
like there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong with it where it's it's all positive it's all good but people some somehow still have this sort of hang up on it and i don't i don't really get that yeah i've 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 been trying to understand it too um and if i may cuz this is this is traditionally where i would kind of dance around it but i'm i'm not going to cuz i feel like we could probably chat about it a little bit and if not just let me know yeah go for so, it so i come from a very unique um, standpoint where you know I'm I'm in the military, so mm-hmm. I am surrounded by rural, hardcore, right wing, right wing, you know, conservative values. People that obviously think Trump is a hero, and no amount of evidence could could say otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. And without getting too personal, I'm probably one of like two actual Democrats in the state of Arizona that serve and wear the uniform. I, there's a few of us <laughs> out there. And when I'm in a position that I have to own that, because um, I'm proud proud of it, it's it's mm-hmm. usually people look at me like, "Sir, you're a Democrat." I'm like, "Yeah, we can be proud of our country too. We can eagerly, happily pick up a weapon and defend our country. Like they're out there. We're we're out there. We're not all." Bible thumping, you know, four by four quad truck diesel driving, um, <laughs> hardcore Americans, beer, but beer drinking country listening all that. Yeah. But you know what? Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I do enjoy, you know, the, the, the hashtag America stuff as well, just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. The only difference is, you know, I, I, I feel I want everyone to have, um, as equal of a shot as I did. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we can go into all kinds of stuff like, like student loans. Like I feel like some people should be forgiven for being taken advantage of. Um, not everybody has to serve in the military to fucking pay for college. Like that's, that's a, I get into that argument a lot, but, um, where I'm going with this is, uh, I see a lot of the other side and when you look past, (laughs) when you look past it, you have to look past a lot. Um, you look past the Trump stickers, the Trump flags. Mm -hmm. What I've noticed is, they are generally good people. We're all just caught up in what what shouldn't be a surprise. Like just the the I don't know, like the hyperbole, the 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 really well done division between Fox News, MSNBC, the echo chambers of Facebook, the this person said something I don't like, so I'm gonna block them, the keyboard warrior type stuff. And um you know, when I was overseas um, as a company commander, I, I had gay soldiers, um, male and female, and um, it isn't going to sound cheesy, but you would never know. Like, you, you, you would never believe that their orientation, their lifestyle, their choices, how they, who they were as people would ever change the capability and the reason why they're there. And um, it's just, it's something I wish people could see more because one thing I've noticed during the pandemic and during just all the stuff with the politics, like I feel like a lot of people are just in this weird gray area. They're, they're not really the, the conservatives that you see from a, from a democratic perspective and vice versa. Um, I'm pretty sure a majority of the conservative folks out there don't believe that the transgender people are, like you said, grooming, like, um, there's just a lot of people that are caught in the middle. And what I was trying to say earlier with you sharing your experience and how it helps me is it helps me make sense of the gray. Like 
it helps me justify that there there are still there's still a chance for for us and when i say us it's like it's even as small as a dodgeball community because like we know we have people in, in other regions that um they they're cops or they're, they're pro cop they're not pro abuse but they're they they're proud of what they do they're proud of their service and if i could if i could have my way i would i would wish that there was some way that people can see that more and and kind of just maybe they say something that they don't mean because they don't realize how they come across but there's enough patience to explain that but i also totally understand why um people such as yourself might be out of that patience because of just having to deal with it your entire life so it's it's just like i hope i'm not rambling i hope i'm making some kind of sense but um no you're making no you make it sense no rambling okay i mean cool. like the 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 hard part you 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 said it just now is i for me personally growing up queer be, being a queer person i've gone through so much shit from other people and it's hard I, like i've run out of that patience and you know being i'm 32 I've had enough life experience now, especially after really crazy, you know, life-threatening things like cancer and all that. It's given me a lot more perspective on just life in general. So my like approach to anyone that is, you know, so I have my my uncle, uh, not to like out out him or whatever, but like my uncle uh, supports Trump and or supported Trump. He thinks he's crazy, but like at the time, you know, voted for him. I mean, he's Republican, all that. And him and his family have, you know, opinions on certain aspects of the queer community and whatnot. But, you know, he he comes from a place of love and just trying to understand. And so I, I just as as a queer person, I, I take it upon myself to be like, you know what, you're clearly not educated on this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to educate you. I'm going to I'm going to tell you why, why, you know, why this is X, Y, Z or why, you know, I can't can't come up with it off the top of my head, but like I'm just gonna show you why what you're saying and how you're thinking is is not right. And here's here's a better way to look at it and why this is why we're fighting for this. And usually if you present it to them in that sort of way, instead of it being like fighting against them and being like, well, fuck you, instead of doing that and just kind of explaining it in just just a calm manner and just being like, let's have a conversation about it, right? Yeah. Usually, and and there have been so many moments, especially with like uh, with the trans community, having to like converse with people who don't necessarily understand it because they just it they grew up in a world where that wasn't in their lives, so they just don't understand it. Having to explain that to them, then they're like, "Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I see your point. I think you're right." And then it will it change them forever? Probably not, but it gives them a better perspective on where I'm coming from and where most, if not all, of where the queer community is coming from and why we're fighting for the things that we're fighting for. And once we kind of explain it to them that, or once I have explained it to like my family or anybody else that has these issues, then they're like, okay, I, I see where you're coming from. You know, I apologize for what I've said, or I, you know, whatever, like whatever. So it, it it's tricky. It's it's all a very tricky situation, and and it just it's it's going to take a lot more patience, and it's unfortunate that we have to have that patience, and we shouldn't have to. It's it sucks that we have to have that, but I think the more people that have that patience to be able to teach these people with these um, 
sort of negative outlooks and negative ideals um, on our community or in general, teaching them and, and, and showing them a different way in a different light will hopefully be able to progress into a world where this isn't this isn't such a hot topic you know yeah i mean that's that's the hope and like you said it's it it sucks that you know sometimes we have to ask that patience of you um mm-hmm. without getting too crazy into this uh i i used to i used to use the f word a lot um never never really realizing the damage i was doing and um you know a friend of mine who i worked with who was gay called me out on it and he just said you know hey man why why do you why do you say that i was like oh i'm just you know whatever it doesn't mean anything to me he's like well you associate that as it's a bad thing right i'm like yeah i just you know i don't like this guy so i called him that and he's like well what do you think you're saying about me i'm like oh my god and then ever since then i've i've, I've stopped but it took I guess the right person to, to help me see what I was doing by using a certain word in a certain way. And, uh, you know, I'm glad he did that for me because it, it, I, I maybe to this day would still be saying that stuff and not realizing mm-hmm. the damage I was causing. And it just, it just sucks that again, like you said, 2023 coming into 2024, we should be well past the areas where we're, we're making people feel bad for just being themselves. But you know, we still are, but the, the times when, someone's willing to have a conversation versus an F you and, and, and which I totally understand why they'd be wanting to do that. Cause it, I'm sure at some point it just gets so exhausting. You just don't want to do it anymore. But the more that that happens, the, the more it changes. And that, that was, uh, yeah, those, those are just thoughts going on in my head when you're just kind of explaining mm-hmm. from, from the Joker, you know, wanting to see the world burn to, you know, being who you are now. Um, so to kind of bring that full circle, um, thanks again for sharing that and, and just kind of giving me and maybe who else is, is listening to this a, a, some more insight on that and maybe some some hope that even just the small dodgeball community that it is, we, we can stop um, stop with the fighting and, and the conflict and just you know go back to being happy dodgeball players and and just realizing hey there's there's a lot more to this person across from you that's thinking a certain way uh, and, and most most of the time maybe they're open to seeing how hurtful they can be and they don't they don't mean it and that's way different than uh just being outright told you're wrong but uh that just comes from hours upon hours of talking to people uh Mm -hmm. online offline so and rant um (laughs) (laughs) my bad dude uh no not no i love it i love i listen like i said i'm a talker so i i'm i'm here for it well this is the last time I asked people about their superhero questions. It just gets too deep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, well, let's let's move on to dodgeball. But uh, okay, but, all right. So we we did take a, a quick break, and um, yeah, I was I was thinking about this man. Um, this may sound super cheesy, because uh, you know we we just came off of uh, a pretty, I don't say like a pretty deep, but, but de- definitely something I'm not normally used to in podcasting about dodgeball, and that's just like how we as a community can start. Uh, coming together more and um you know I, I talked to myself and um you know i was literally in real time rethinking our conversation i was like man talking about these kind of things isn't it's not gonna change the world steve um but then i, I realized like but you sharing your world changes mine and that's that's what i'm going for because it, it just helps me become more aware of, of how i interact with people and what i do or do not do 
And, um, the last thing I ever want to do is, you know, is, is offend people or hurt people. So, um, I'm good with that, which is kind of a weird revelation I just had talking to you. So thank you for that. Yeah. I mean, that's the the whole point of these conversations. Like none of this is ever going to change the world. The world's going to be how the world is. And that's just, we all have to just kind of accept it. But if we can change one person's mind or at least one person's like way of thinking about a specific topic, then that's a win. And that's a win we have to take. Like we can't, we can't be so focused on these big wins because the likelihood of that happening in in our timeline, the way we want it to happen, is probably not going to happen. But if we can change at least just one mind in that moment, then that's a win. Yep. Yeah, I in agree. my book, at least. I agree, hundred percent, man. Um, yeah, we never know. We never know who's listening and and how it re- resonates with them, which is uh, one of the many reasons why I love doing this. Um, but uh, this is the dodgeball podcast, as I've had to say some t- to some people sometimes. So let's go back into dodgeball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, do you have a uh, a pregame ritual? Uh, yes. Um, usually before a game, I it's it's music. I listen to spe- you know. It, sometimes it's specific songs, but other times it's just whatever band I'm currently listening to, and just kind of like just letting that just kind of take me and just listening to the music and just kind of like just focusing. It kind of helps me to drown out all the other, all the other noise. And I'm just solely focused on what I'm about to go do and which is play dodgeball. Um, so music's a big thing. I have like a little, a little warm up workout routine before a tournament, usually not before like just playing a game. Like if I'm in like a, like a recreational league, I don't really do it for like a game. But for like a tournament, I have this whole like little pre sort of workout warm up routine where I'm doing like push ups and sit ups and stretching and all this. And if I in in my brain, if I don't do that, I won't perform well. So I hmm. it's this ritual that I always have to do. Gotcha. Um, did you do anything the night prior? Uh eat a lot of carbs <laughs> carbo load like crazy i try to get to i try to get you know as much sleep as i can i'm a, I'm a bit of a night owl so it's hard for me to get to sleep early um and and plus like even before a tournament like you've got the jitters you're excited like you just want to get out there and play and you're just so excited that it's it's hard to go to sleep the night before but i try my best to get as good a sleep as i possibly can but even if I don't get that great of sleep, I'm so jazzed that like, I, I like s- sleep or no sleep, I'm ready to go. You're still gonna play. Yep. Yeah, I'm still gonna play and still gonna kick ass. Nice. Um, you kind of mentioned you you listen to songs. This is the the Mark Hell Stokes stable question. He he asked what song uh, amps you up for a dodgeball game. Um, but you said it varies. Is there anyone you want to kind of share with us that? Like, what do you know what you're going to listen to during nationals this weekend? Uh, well, there's a band that I'm currently, so they just came out with a new album and I'm kind of obsessed with it right now. Um, and they're a newer band. I think they're probably in their twenties. So like me as an older person listening to it makes me feel like, Oh God, like, what am I doing? But regardless, I love it anyway. So who cares? Um, it's, it's this band called hot milk. 
Um, the Ugh. name of the band sounds ridiculous, and it is. It's yeah. ridiculous, but they're they're kind of like a emo pop punk sort of band. Uh, it's all I really listen to anymore. Um, so th- there's a couple of songs that are really uh, just uh, uh, I can't think of the word, but the, it's 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 hardcore and you know it's high tempo and it's very just it gets you going and you just you're in it and you're like yeah fuck yeah let's go let's go and so I, I, that that album I'm going to be listening to the album is called um a call to the void is the name of the album and it's it's really good i love it and it's fun it's exciting they've got they've got a lot of like they're a rock band so it's a lot of rock but they've got some like slower songs on there that that slap really good and and uh, just the whole album i'll be listening to and that's just what's going to be like my my go-to for anytime i need like a break from anything i'm just going to be listening to that music so a call to the void sounds like an awesome track but hot milk man that just <laughs> i know it sounds so ridiculous and me saying it out loud is like oh my god what am i talking about but it it the, I, I guarantee everyone that's listening, just listen to one of their songs. You'll be like, okay, there's something here. Their name, their name be damned, whatever. But yeah, the music and that. what they're performing is is great. I'll have to check it out. I, I was literally going to Google Hot Milk. I'm like, you know what? Don't. <laughs> just <laughs> There might be something online that you might not want yeah, to just, see. Yeah, just, let's just hold on that. Otherwise, you're just going to like hear me gagging over, over in the background. Like, what? <laughs> just... <laughs> Uh, okay. Um, love it. All right. So let's go into the the trend, the crowdsource questions. Um, I love this part of the interview. It's like one of my favorites. Uh, I love when people ask, especially like the more obscure, the better. Um, yeah, I'm nervous. It's not too okay, bad. Um, so Markel Stokes asked for your top five favorite rock bands. Um, I'm oh, I'm I'm sure My Chemical Romance is probably up there. But uh, what, what other how would you rank them? It just op, it just comes to mind. My Chemical Romance being number one. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh God. Um. I'd say this is tough. Damn it, because I love I, I'm such a music guy, so I just love music so much. So they're all great. Um, but like ones that I kind of go back to a lot um so my chemical romance being one uh nirvana Ooh. being another maybe that's like two or three i would say probably two i i love nirvana and like foo fighters you know i like, was you know i was gonna throw that out there i was just curious I'm like i wonder if you would ever list like a, a band i know like foo fighters yeah foo fighters is great i mean dave Grohl is a, just an absolute genius and the music that he put like um everlong is probably oh, one of my man, favorite songs from them that. um or hero mm-hmm. um i almost there so i i run the toxic masculinity uh the instagram page and when glenn spacer was playing with us in denver um i wanted to put that song on there for like his like song on like the post of like yeah he's joining our team whatever I didn't end up doing it because I thought that was like so like so cheesy, but like I I just love that song for what it is, and and Foo Fighters is so great. Um, another band that I love is Yellow Card. 
I grew up listening to them. All of their albums are great. Every single song they do is just perfect. I love it. And they've got a really good sort of like mix of like slower songs that just focus on like his voice and, and the message he's getting across of like the song. Um, and then like other songs that are just like fun to listen to. Like Ocean Avenue is one of their, probably their most famous song. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's just a, such a fun vibe. Um, I'd say like if I had to pick like, you know, two more, uh, would probably be, um, maybe just one more because I really can't think of it. <laughs> it's, it's so damn hard. Um, there's a, there's a band that I really like recently that's been like top of my mind. Um, they're called state champs. Um, they're another band that's like similar to like yellow card and my chemical romance, those sort of like bands. Um, they're really fun. All of their music is just, it's just high energy. And, and honestly for, for the Denver round that was back in July, I was listening to that band at the time, just kind of like going back to like old bands that I was listening to. Um, and they had recently come out with a new album and I was listening to that album for that. And it was just getting me super hyped for the tournament and everything. Um, so I'd say like those bands are probably like my, my favorite. Nice. It's it like, and it's ever changing. I will probably change out some of those. If you ask me like a month from now, I'll probably have different answers. But as of right now in this moment, those are the ones that I, that I can say. <laughs> there you go, Markel. And, uh, it's gonna sound weird, but thanks for bringing Everlong back to me. I've that is my ultimate favorite song of all time, and sometimes yeah. I forget it's there. And usually it comes around when I need it the most. And God, it's such a good song. I'll be listening it's to that tonight. It's just perfect for every occasion. It is. Uh, that was that was my first foray into rock music because I wasn't allowed to listen to that kind of music growing up. And really, okay, yeah, I. I I grew up very sheltered and uh, mm. very Catholic and um, without, without making this about me too fast or too much any more than I already have. Um, I, I would carpool to high school with, with a friend of mine and he would listen to the, the bad station, the rock and roll station, the bad station, the bad station. Not the bad station. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish, I wish I don't, I doubt anybody is listening that knows about Tucson. There's like two stations, KRQ, which is pop and oldies and whatever. But anyway, so I, I just remember, um, I, I turned on MTV, you know, I was being a, a rebellious, a, a rebellious youth at 14, turned on MTV, saw the Foo Fighters, uh, ever long music video. thought it was hilarious with, uh, David Grohl and his gigantic hand slapping the, uh, the guys around. <laughs> <laughs> I love that music video. And I was just like, what the hell did I just watch? No wonder why mom and dad don't let me watch this. This is weird. <laughs> and then, um, devil music, yeah, devil music. I, 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 I kid you not that that was the, the belief. I, I think it was also just because I was the oldest because, uh, my God, did my little brother and sister get away so much more than I did. So I was just the, the trial run. But, um, <laughs> later that day or the following day, um, Everlong played and, and on the way to, to high school, and I was like, Oh, that's weird. I feel like I could have sworn this was a, the music video that I listened to or watched last night. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I don't know. It just, it just was, it, it just dropped that, that around that time frame. So it was playing a lot. And I was like, freaking a i love this song and uh as you get older it just it just hits differently more and more but uh man it's a great song yeah um anyway uh 
Uh, Ali Bustamantes asks, what was your motivation to form toxic masculinity? So you kind of went into that a little bit. I don't know if you want to recap that a little bit more or, or just uh, address it again. I could, like, I could summarize it a little bit more mm-hmm. um, or just a little bit. I So me and uh, my friend Matt, we, we played together um, at the LA round last year. And we played on a mixed team together. And once we were done with that tournament, we just, we both had experienced um, just difficult people, I'll say, um, who were just so overtly aggressive and just rude and disrespectful. And, you know, just the, the type of dodgeball player you don't really want to play against because it's just not fun. It's it's not the vibe. And we we came across that so often that we're like, you know what? why don't we just make a team of all queer people and just go out there and like, we'll pick like some of like, you know, some of the best players that we know, put a team together and we'll, and the, he came up with the, he came up with the name uh, toxic masculinity um, because it's kind of like a joke, like an all queer team called toxic masculinity. Like it's, it's just kind of like an LOL. Like obviously we're not, toxic people but it's it's the joke is on the other players out there that do have that sort of like toxic mentality or vibe right so we just kind of put that together just to kind of like shove it in people's faces like yeah we're an all queer team and we're here to fuck shit up and whatever sort of toxicity and whatever sort of like brooding weird stuff you got going on like that's not going to affect us and we're going to show that we belong here um so that was like that was kind of like and, and I had spoken about that earlier in the podcast. Uh, that was that was the drive for Toxic. And after, so our first time together was at Nationals last year. That was the first time we all played together. And I had sourced out specific players that I knew either were just coming up. I knew what their talent was and that they deserved to be on that stage, in that place. Um, and that just never really were given the shot or chance to to be on like a a a reoccurring team Hmm. and it we we killed it i mean we were make we seated i think in nationals for foam i think we seated if i remember correctly we seated ninth um you know we didn't make it into we made it into maybe like the second round of elimination like we got past the first round and made it to the second round which was great um but like, just to know that we were able to seed so high, just was like, wait a minute, like there's something here. There's something to this team. There's something to what we just put together. And people were loving our jerseys. They were loving our vibe and everything about it. And it was just like, we gotta keep this going. We gotta keep this going on. So after nationals, we took a second, re, re sort of like, we talked with each other and just like, is this what we really wanna do? And once we kind of came back uh, for the next for the next season, we're like this is this is it. This is what we want to do. And people were just loving our vibes and buying our jerseys and wanting to switch jerseys around with us. And it was just it was such a it was so fun getting to put it together and being being the sort of like you know the leader of it, I guess if you will, um, of just leading this charge. And it's been great, and I love it. And so many people are being so supportive and. You know, we have people like like Shoda and Glenn who played with us in Denver 
these amazing allies who are coming up and being like, we want to play with you guys. We want to be a part of this, this movement. We want to be a part of this sort of new way of thinking about dodgeball and the way that we associate ourselves in the community and building up other teams like ours of queer people who have, you know, just historically always been treated as weak or lower and going out there and helping us prove that we're, we're absolutely not and that we are to be feared. We are to be, um, uh, uh, known within the community as someone to, um, uh, to take seriously. And that's, that's been my biggest drive for toxic is to keep that momentum going and have it and getting other queer people to know that they also belong here, that this isn't just for, you know, you know, the, the, uh, the straight community, like this is, this is for everybody. Everybody can come to USA dodgeball and play in these tournaments. Will they be the top tier teams? Like, like the hexes and the shreds, maybe not, but who cares? That's not the point. The point is that we belong here and we're going to play and we're going to show that we're going to show why we belong here. I was kind of rambling there, but that's the, that's the gist. <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, like this whole episode is rambling, but <laughs> I feel like it's rambling yeah. with intent. So it's, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm here for it. And, um, I, I'm, yeah, no, I, I'm just thinking, um, like first question was, would have been, even though you kind of answered it, like, do you feel that, do you feel like that's even needed? Like, do you feel like as, um, this is, this, I'm just going to ask you, uh, as a straight male, can I say queer? Like as queer players? Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah, that's yeah. what we are. We're queer. So talk about being four years old and still, still learning. Right. So, um, as a queer player, do you feel like you still don't have that respect given to you when, um, I've seen, I've seen you play. Like I, I know what a lot of players are capable of doing. Um, sexual orientation has never really been a factor for me. I'm like, it, it, it's no different than any other person playing, but I obviously don't speak for everyone. So my first question was, was wondering and I think maybe this is Allie's question as well, because she, she asks, actually I'll blend the two. So she follows up with what has been the response to your team, both competitively and socially. And clearly I feel like the social aspect is, is definitely there. You guys seem like a lot of fun. You're embracing everything. You're, you're getting people from all over, but, um, yeah, I mean, is it, is it still needed to, to, to have to prove yourself first as a player and then second as a queer player to be taken seriously? Uh, I think, unfortunately, I think, yes, we still have to prove ourselves. There are still certain teams out there and I'm not going to name names. Uh, there are certain teams out there that still don't give us the respect that we're deserved. Hmm. Um, there are, there are other teams that, that absolutely do that when we're done playing with them, they're like, Hey, that was super fun. Love playing against you guys. They may have beat us too. Like, like it could have been a shutout, but we still played a great game against them and they gave us the credit that the, that was due in that moment. Even if we didn't win, there was still some version of credit to, to give to us. 
And so for teams to do that is amazing, but there are still teams out there that we feel like we still have to kind of like prove ourselves to because they still to this day, even, you know, even with how long we've been playing and other queer people that have been playing on other teams and whatnot, they still view us as weak. They still view us as lower and they'll never give us the respect that, that, that we deserve just as humans, not even as just queer people, like as human beings, they're just never going to give us that respect. And it's unfortunate that that's the case, but I'm not here for them. We are not here for them. We're here for ourselves. So if that's the way that they want to act, then God bless. Right. Go like, go with God, girl, whatever. But, but we're just going to keep doing our thing and we're going to keep proving it time and time again that we belong here. Nice. Until, until finally we, we are given that respect, but until that time, we're just going to have to keep fighting. And I'm okay with that. I'm a fighter. That is for damn sure. Um, just in <laughs> getting to know you a little that. bit more, more this evening. Um, yeah, no, again, I, this is, this is really eye opening for me in, in, in certain respects. And, um, and quick shout out to Ali Bustamante too. She's been such a big supporter of our team and of me. She is one of the league managers for WeHo Dodgeball, nice. and she has always been such a big supporter of toxic masculinity and the the mission that we have. And I I appreciate her so much. So love you, Allie. She, uh, I remember. I think we were up to like three in the morning, helping a very select, very small few handful of people um, in the nationals in Austin in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. And we're we're all just freaking exhausted. I mean, we, most of us play dodgeball all day long, um, and then we're setting up the gym, and we're probably gonna get, if we're lucky, three hours of sleep. And I just remember wondering why Allie was doing that. I was like, this girl's so awesome. Like she's she doesn't have to be here, but she's here. And just I, I don't know. I, I just really had a lot of respect for her for that. Like there's just no no gain for. Uh, for doing that other than, you know, setting up the, the venue so people can play the following day. And she was all chipper and, and happy and just, you know, being her. So a um, little weird memory I have of her. Since we're talking about nationals, um, she has one more question, and it is, who designed your jerseys? Uh, KBS. Uh, Kaylee. Kaylee from KBS. That's my girl. She helped us. She was so... I gave her sort of like so we had we found like the the so by the way people keep thinking that the the unicorn is actually a pig it it's supposed to be just like a dead unicorn like with crossbones and whatnot it's just supposed to be a unicorn not a pig but honestly i kind of want to keep going with the whole pig thing because it's just so ridiculous and funny so whatever people want to think it is go go with it whatever but it is absolutely a unicorn because like we're a queer team unicorn that was the whole point um but so i found this like online somewhere and sent it to kaylee and and i hope i'm saying kaylee right and it's not like any other iteration of that um shout out she i gave her like a sort of like idea of like i want it to be like punk rock i want it to be you know this like sort of badass but still have this sort of like femininity to it and I just, I want it to look super cool. Like I want pink, black, like I I want all these colors. And so just this simple sort of like description of what I was wanting for the design. She 
turned it out to this amazing looking design and it was perfect it was everything that i was wanting for the jerseys and and all of us on the team we all loved it and so when we we wore it out for for nationals last year um people were just they were complimenting it so much they were like oh my god we love your jerseys can we get one like how do we can we order some <laughs> and ever since then like we've 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 sold so many well not we like kbs has sold so many jerseys and it's gone all over the country people on the east coast are wearing it and they know of our team they know of us and it's just so cool to see everywhere and, and especially in la just because uh, a majority of our team are from la um there are so many people that wear our jerseys when we're out at like our recreational leagues and it's so fun to see like so many people who don't play usa dodgeball wearing our jerseys that part to me is super super cool and super fun so i know that what we created was something special um we are thinking of changing up the jersey design but we have not come to a decision on anything yet so currently the design is going to stay the design for now but you know tbd you never know we'll see what happens (laughs) you you just went on this whole tirade about how awesome the jerseys are and in like the same paragraph like but we might change them well you gotta keep things fresh man you gotta keep things fresh out there you never know and it's still gonna be badass it's still gonna be cool but we might we might keep the regular design and have that just be the regular jersey, but we might do like a special edition one to wear for like a tournament or for like a special kind of tournament or for when we make if we get into um, the bracket play like if we're for round robin we'll wear our normal jerseys for um, for bracket play we'll wear these other jerseys so uh, we'll figure something out. Yeah, I but mean, we always got to keep we always got to keep changing and elevating and upgrading. True, and maybe it's a brand at this point, and then you just can do all kinds of things with it. Yeah, that's the fun part. I'm looking at the the jerseys now. I I don't know if I would have guessed pig. I I feel like it's pretty obvious it's a unicorn. Okay, thank you, because I feel insane when someone's like, oh my god, that pig is so funny, and it's like, god damn it, it's not a pig, it's a unicorn. It literally has a horn on top of its head. How are you getting pig out of this? Yeah. And I get that the snout looks a little piggish. I get it. But like when you see the horn, wouldn't you think, oh, wait, <laughs> that's a unicorn. It's a dead unicorn. It's a skull of a unicorn. You got the crossbones and then it's even got the little emo look with the oh, hair. The, and the mane. That little emo part, that little emo part is my favorite. Uh, just coming from like an emo kid growing up, like, of course, I'm going to love it. But yep. like, that's what I was telling her and showing her this design. She was like, oh, I know exactly what I'm going to do for this. Yeah, I don't know if it's, I call her uh, Callie. Callie, I, I, I'm I'm sure I screwed it up. I'm so sorry. I'll see you at Nationals and you can correct me and punish me however you want. <laughs> She is a man. She's a saint. She has pulled through for me so many times because I don't know why I do this because I don't do the military style life, but I, I procrastinate and last minute and I tell her, Hey, I'm so sorry. This is not your emergency by any means, but can you get an order in within like a three week delivery time? And she's always pulled through. And that's probably why I do it still. It just enables me, but she, they're, I love KBS. <laughs> they're so great to work with. And even for us, like she has yet to make a Jersey where I'm just like, not just blown away. I'm like, my God, I don't know where you pull that off, but I gave you like a crappy macaroni picture at best. And you just, you just gave me like the Mona Lisa. Like how, how do you do this? 
So that, she's a genius. Yep. She's a genius. That's all I can say. I can't wait to thank her in person for putting up with us. Um, <laughs> Same, actually. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be fun to see. Um, <clears throat> speaking of jerseys, does he ask it? Maybe he has one. Markel asks, um, "So, what do you think of that, Markel?" Damn it, Markel. <laughs> What? Oh, oh! It, what? What do I think of Markel? Yes, he's referring to himself in third person. Oh Lord Jesus! What do you think of uh, that, Markel? I love that man. He's 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 a good guy. Uh, he's he's so funny and just such good vibes, and he just wants to have fun, and uh, that that's that's what that's what it's about. So I, I love him. Hi, Markel. Shout out. Love you, man. Yep, great dude. Um, Casey Salamone. That Markel. <laughs> that Markel. I can't get over it. <laughs> it's, either, it's either that Markel. Can Markel get a jersey or <clears throat> does the Cowboys suck? And I want to cuss oh, him out I... every time he says that, and we won't go there. It's fine. We don't have to talk to the Cowboys. <laughs> I'll leave that to y'all. This has been a great conversation so far, so we'll we'll keep it that way. <laughs> um, Casey Salamone asks, "Why didn't you message me when you did your last jersey order?" Um, and then for real though, what are some goals you have for the next season? So I guess maybe. First of all. Yes. First of all. No, I, th- I think you're going to get it. First of all. Oh yeah. First of all, um, you, you are more than welcome to all the jerseys in the world, my darling. And I'll, I'll put you in the next order. I'm so sorry. I didn't be- message you. Um, but also you can message me. That's also an option. Hmm. Honey, goes both ways. I love Casey. I love Casey. She's great. She's she's such she's such a good dodgeball player. And I got to play with her for the first time uh, last year at the Phoenix round. We played on a mixed team together, and she's just so damn good. Oh, she's so good. Um, And I'm proud of where she's gotten to today. She deserves every everything, 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 because she's a good person, good dodgeball player. She's fabulous. I love her. Um, Agreed. But in terms of goals for uh, second, it was goals for next year, right? Yes. Um, for the next season. Okay. For next season. For next season. Goals. I, I just want to. I, I want to keep. For for me personally, I just want to keep working on my craft, getting better at dodgeball, and just getting myself to a place where you know we're. I can bring toxic to to the top. I I, I want to continue growing. I want this is this is a journey, and we are always growing. We're always getting better. We're always, you know, finding ways to become better dodgeball players, and that's exactly what I want. I want to whatever it's going to take. Um, and Glenn Spacer, he's been so helpful in in helping with helping me with that sort of progression. And I hope to take what he's saying and give that to my players and other people that play with us and just continue to help all of us grow and become better dodgeball players and better people in in the process too. Um, yeah, I just want to keep, I want to keep the progress going. I don't, I don't want the train to stop. I want it to keep going. We're on this train. There's something here and I want to just, I want to ride it until the very end. And hopefully there's never an end. <laughs> right. Scary thought. Um, but we might go there um, later on. Uh, Munchie, how, how do you say his last name? Avila? 
Avila, yeah. So, so. Um, amazing question. I'm going to use this as a staple moving forward. He asks, okay. what are you learning about yourself as you continue to elevate your game? Coming in with the hard questions, Munchie. Okay. Um, there's a couple things. One, I'm learning a lot of patience from dodgeball. Because of the way I've been training, I'm learning in tough moments. And this goes into my personal life too. In really tough moments you have to take at the very least one big deep breath just take a breath you don't have to be so crazy you don't have to go out there and just go wild and buck wild and whatever you can take a breath and you can think about what your next move is you can think about how you're going to throw who you're going to throw at you know just having that sort of patience and that sort of like you know that breath work has helped me not just in dodgeball but in in my regular life i mean talk going way back to where we were talking about going through a bit of a rough patch that specific thing has helped me to be able to move past some of the things that i've been struggling with um, and i still struggle with it but utilizing that sort of patience and breath work and and not being so caught up in the craziness that my mind is creating for me um has been very very helpful um and then the other part is so sometimes in dodgeball even someone like me who i try to be as calm and collective as possible there are still moments where i get heated and i get angry and i get pissed a lot of the times it comes from having to defend myself against other players who are being kind of you know you know assholes on the court um but there are just moments where I just get frustrated and I get, and I start to scream and yell and it's that sort of behavior is never a good look. You know, we all get, we all, we are very competitive and we're in the moment and we're heated and we're, we just want to do well and win and all that. And I totally get it. I'm, I'm all here for it, but there's, there's a line and I try so hard not to cross the line and I've crossed it. And like, you know, I've crossed it a few times and playing dodgeball and and kind of like learning stuff about myself and and how i approach things i'm learning that i i i have to i have to do better about not crossing that line and and going to a place where it, you're just you're seen as just just this like guy who's just screaming across the court i never want to look like that i never want to be like that because those people are the people that i have such a problem with and i never want to emulate that behavior so taking that time and using the breath work that I was talking about and just like realizing that like there are things out there that we can't control. If a player on the other side is not taking their out or something, why am I going to sit there and yell at them? If the ref's not calling them out and they're not taking their out and that's what they want to do, then you know what? Go for it. If that's what you need in your life to make yourself feel better because you're going to stay in the game and whatever, go for it, babe have fun, whatever. I, I, like, I can't control the situation, so why am I going to exert more of my energy to try to fight against it? When nothing's going to change at that moment. I, 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 can, I can only control what I can control, and what I can control is me and my reaction to things and my team. So 
I just have to focus on that. And I've, I've, it's been hard lessons, but I've learned that. And I'm hoping to continue learning to be better about that moving forward and helping other people have that same sort of uh, mentality as well. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I love that question because, you know, you could take, for most people, you can take like every season and hopefully you can say, oh man, I've, I've changed so much since that last person or the last version of myself. And you can kind of look back and find the mental takeaways. Like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. I learned how to throw a little bit harder or maybe I learned like a new throw style, or maybe I played a different uh, rule set, or maybe I learned, like you said, like the value of being in the now or the value of letting go. Um, Cause it's, it's very easy to get really heated, but you know, and, and, for playing so long, I've definitely had my moments where I'm just like, I can't believe the ref didn't see this. And you know, you, yeah. you get really upset, but then for me, it's like, I have to tell myself it's just dodgeball, man. Like you're going to go back home to your regular job in life. And it, this is a moment and maybe that person needs it more or just, you, know, you tell yourself something that just that way you're able to dismiss it. Yeah. And that's, um, I think that's big. It's that, hard to do. It's yeah. hard. It's really, really hard to do because when you're so passionate about something and you see someone else doing something that goes against what you're so passionate about, of course you're going to get angry. Of course you're going to get upset. So like I get it when it happens, but the 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 more time you work on yourself and the more maturity that you gain from that, the easier it's going to be to just kind of let that shit go. Yep. It's not worth it bigger fish to fry yeah at the end it's just dodgeball and yeah exactly offline we kind of talked about how you know you had had to take a step away because of you know mental health reasons and just to kind of you know figure out what was going on with you and i kind of had that too and i think for me for at least for dodgeball my my tipping point was like i was i was getting like really mad fast and I wouldn't let it mm-hmm. go. And I was just, I was like snapping at people and I'm like, I've, I've never been this way. Like something is, is wrong. I have to, I have to step off for a little bit. Yeah. That's, that's uh that's like a, what do you call it? A, uh, like a, like a barometer, like, Hmm, something is not right here. <laughs> I'm yeah, let me, let me go check on that real fast. Exactly. I'm sorry. You went, I'm sorry you were, you went through that too. It's, I, I, I hate when I hear that other people are having that sort of like mental struggle and, and I, I'm glad that you're out of it. I'm glad that you've, you've gotten to a place, a better place than where you were uh, pre break, pre stepping, stepping away. I appreciate that, man. And same with you. And that's why I told you, like, I kind of want to reach out to you and just check in. Cause I, you know, I definitely not anywhere near your level of, of things you've been through, but you can just, <laughs> you just know, like if somebody's in a, in a, in a, going through a rough patch, you just want to make sure that they're, they're all right. And, um, like you, I've been, I've been very fortunate to have people around me that, you know, still want me around and, and, and helped talk me out of it. And we're just there when I need them to be. And it's, uh, I, I wish that for everyone. Uh, I don't think anybody should suffer in silence alone. And, um, I, I would say to anyone that's listening, if you ever feel like you should reach out to that one person, uh, do it because you never know, uh, a couple of lines yeah, of text will change everything. Don't question it. Just if you feel it, reach out. Right. Because chances are they need it. Chances are they need, and they I, need it. And... I know I know for a fact I needed it when people would reach out. And I was so happy that they did. So. Yep. Um, 
Kenneth Nielsen makes this question a little bit lighter. Um, <laughs> what's your favorite after dodge drink? Well, I am not much of a drinker anymore. I used to be in my early twenties. Um, but now, nowadays I stick to a lot of like the, the hard seltzers. <laughs> um, I love like a high noon Topo Chico, you know, I used to be White Claw, but now, now I, I can't really do the White Claws. They taste so, ugh. they just taste so bad. And you must have taste I buds. Like, say what? You must have taste buds because it's just static water. It's gross. I, I, well, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like someone whispered the word. Like if if you're having like a White Claw that's like a mango White Claw, it's as if somebody just like whispered the word mango into this like <laughs> seltzer water or seltzer vodka or whatever the hell it is. Yep there's like no actual taste to it it's so gross but like the 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 topa chicos those those are it that's that's like the standard for any sort of hard seltzer out there that's the one you want to get they taste so good they do it so right if you find that in the grocery stores y'all get it try it and you'll love it i guarantee it i've seen topo chico coming up a lot i'm like hmm, maybe, maybe i'll have to try one you got to. You got to. <laughs> um, Tiffany Yazzie. Awesome. Oh, my girl. Hey, hey, girl. Oh, man, she's she's hilarious. I love her. Um, what's your... She's got me on that ghost energy drink. God, so good. Um, anyway, she says, what's your favorite dodgeball moment from this past year? This past year? I would say my favorite moment. I'd say my favorite moment was playing in Denver and getting a chance to play with some phenomenal, amazing top level dodgeball players like Glenn and Shoda. That, that alone, just playing with those two dudes on that team, that whole tournament, I learned so much from playing with them that I felt like going into some of my rec league plays or some of the other like foam leagues that I've played in have just completely changed my entire, my entire outlook on dodgeball and how the game is played. And, you know, I, I feel like even from just that tournament, I've grown so much and I've learned so much and I've become even better from that. So that for me is probably this year, my, my favorite moment, my favorite dodgeball moment from the year was getting a chance to play with those two guys. And they're such, not only are they just such really nice people that are loving and kind and just want to like be friends with everybody, but they're amazing at dodgeball and the, the skill level that they have is just so fun to watch. Like whenever I would be like sitting out for a game and watching them play, it was just like watching art. <laughs> it's just beautiful. <laughs> that's a that's a heck of a compliment. It's like watching you play is like watching art. <laughs> that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, Leighton Brooks asks, what are you currently working on personally as you develop as a player on and off the court? So it's not like patience was one of them. Um, how would you Patience add to that being one? a big one? Say it again. How, how would you add to that question? Patience being a big one. Um, I would say I'm. So as a player, 
I am typically more of a defensive sort of player. Um, I've I've played as a corner for a really, really long time, and I've always played more as a defensive sort of corner instead of being super offensive. That's never been my vibe. But recently I've moved myself to the middle and I've had um, – so one of our guys on the team, his name's Ryan. Um, hi, Ryan. Uh he's such a fabulous corner he's got he's just got so much skill and so much talent that he deserves to be there and i know that i bring other things to the team that is needed so coming to the middle and playing that sort of mid position it's really it's 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 helped me grow as a as a player i've i've learned a lot more especially in terms of like dodging and catching and it's better, it's better as a, as a captain to be able to lead the team and make the play calls that we need to make. So um, I think that, I think, I think that's, that's my answer right there. Gotcha. It's weird how like shifting positions kind of changes. Uh, like it, it does more to you mentally than it does than just the game. Right. Like, yeah, like it, it made me kind of realize that like I can it not only just in dodge, but like switching positions and switching like the mentality there, but like going into my personal life, like being able to just make a make a switch in something and try to get better at, the, at that new thing that I'm switching to or that I'm trying to get better at. I, I'm not I'm less afraid to do it. Like I, I'm, I don't have that same sort of hesitation anymore. I can just be like, you know what? I'm going to change this. I'm just going to go and do it. I'm going to try it out. Why not? Give it a go. I had a friend of mine who uh, I was I was talking to him about like not being able to play dodgeball well, like just just being really bad. And he's like, yeah, usually when that happens, that means something subconsciously is wrong with you. It usually translates. I'm like, no, it doesn't. It's just dodgeball, man. <laughs> sure enough, the guy was right. Like six months later, I was like, yeah, dude, you were uh, you were absolutely correct with that one. It's just it's weird how um, it does coincide with real life. It's strange. You're right. It's really weird how sometimes some of the stuff that we do in dodgeball, the translation to real life is like, wait a minute. What? what? Where'd that come <laughs> but from? But it's great. Right. Um, Ali Bustamante has the last question. This is a good one. Uh, I think you covered it, but we'll ask it. What, what keeps you playing? <sighs> what keeps me playing? Um, I mean, I just, I love the sport and I see, I can see the sport is, is always evolving and it's always changing and I can see the future. I can see it. Uh, I can see it down the road. It's going to take some work to get there, but the way we're going, I think, I think with small changes here and there and some, upgrades to um just behaviors and and the way we look at the sport and the way we the um you know just the way we kind of look at it that for me knowing that they're knowing that i can see the future and i can see where it's going and i want to be a part of that future i'll i'll, I'll stick to playing dodgeball even if it's still difficult still dealing with difficult situations and whatnot I don't care. I, I, I want to get to the point to where I'm seeing where dodgeball should be and where it should be going. 
and uh, I want to be a part of that change. I want to be a part of that that shift into this evolved level of play and 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 sport. So that's what keeps me going. And being and and being on a team and kind of talking about the same things that we talked about, but like kind of like leading. I don't want to say leading the charge, but like just being a part of an all queer team and making making waves that to me is super fun surprising people having having teams think that they totally that we're just nothing and they're we're a nothing team whatever and then we show up and prove them wrong that is like candy to me i will i eat that up mm, delicious i love it and that will keep me going for forever nice um i like that you answered that because that goes right into the next question and for those of you that are still with us, uh, we've got about six left, so we're almost there. Hang in there. But um, where, where do you think dodgeball will go? So you kind of already started teasing us with that. Um, do you have like a vision? Do you have like a belief of where you see it going that you want to kind of share or elaborate on? Um, I definitely can. I, I hope that there will be a lot more inclusion. Um, I think in terms of I think there needs to be a lot more um there needs to be a bigger initiative with our youth. I think if we have that sort of initiative and have players who have played on Team USA, who are captains of Team USA, who have this experience and, you know, the the right, the right, and I, and I emphasize that, the right people at that level who can take on that role of being a leader for our youth and bringing them into the fold of dodgeball and teaching them the right way to play and the the right way to treat people, that's going to take the sport to the absolute next level. Um, if if we can if 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 we can find a way to to do that, because like if you think about it, not to to kind of go back to the whole you know growing up queer and everything and there are still people out in this world who um you know have these really negative ideals on us and are trying to take our rights and our our privileges not privileges our our rights excuse me they're trying to take our rights away um if we have people who are have us have a solid mind on 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 progress and being being a uh, trying to progress this sport into a more inclusive place um, and imparting that onto our youth and having them have that knowledge going into as they grow up into the sport and start playing competitively, they're already going to have that mindset. And it's not going to be this, we have to we have to educate them and teach them when they're older. They're already learning that at a young age. Um, so I think that right there is going to be like, that's the future. If we can really sort of like take a take a take a second and go back and focus on the youth to to help push this sport into a much bigger and brighter future. That's going to be it. Yeah, even if even if anything just numbers replacement like we definitely feel when people stop playing, like when a team doesn't show up anymore or somebody quote unquote yeah. retires, it's like, dang, we feel that loss. Um, yeah. Because right now there's not a, 
adequate pipeline of people to replace them just yet? It's still hard to find people to play. Like even even for uh, this upcoming Nationals, I was hearing from other players and other teams of just struggling to find players to be on their teams. And you know, if we have if we are able to grow the sport from people at a young age, there's going to be way more people playing, especially like especially women too. Really got to focus on growing the 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 women's side of dodgeball. So that more women can be playing it and it grows bigger and and because honestly, like I, I enjoy watching women's dodgeball way more than I do watching uh, any of the open divisions because it's it's so fun and it's so strategic and just just watch it's oh god I just love it I I can't I can't build it up enough. I, and I know so many, as we all do, so many amazingly talented women dodgeball players and just getting the opportunity to play with them or, or even against them is just, it's so important and so good just to see a different style of dodgeball. And I've learned a lot from so many uh, amazing, talented women out there. Uh, Casey Reed comes to mind. She's so unbelievably talented and so good at the game. And I've learned a lot just from watching her play and getting a chance to play with her as well here in LA. Um, yeah. Hmm. I think we have a lot of um, lost opportunity with, with co-ed and mixed. I don't know if that's going to track well with, um, with other thoughts or beliefs, but I, I'm trying to rack my brain as I continue to think of a sport where men and women are playing together and they, they both have the same amount of impact. Like I can't, I can't think of any other sport that does that. Um, yeah. So mix is so fun to play. It's it, that, that's my favorite. Like, like I love playing with my boys. Love it, love it, love it. But getting to play mixed is just, it's just so, it's just so fun. It's so, oh God, I could talk about it all day, but I love it. <laughs> I think uh, if I had my if I had my opportunity, I would I would put mixed dodgeball in into in the in the eyes of some network person. Be like, you should check this out and see mm-hmm. men and women playing together, and um, the 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 balls don't change, the throwing distance doesn't change. It's it's all the same. Like. They're gonna get blasted just like anybody else on that team, or do the blasting, have what have you. Um, but and it's also really fun to watch uh, mixed because uh, you know there are some teams where some of the women will, or it's not their fault, but like there are like big throwers on the team, and they'll just and the the strategy is to just get the ball to the to the big thrower. But the the what I love more is just seeing the women take control. They're the ones running the game. They're the ones that are throwing and hitting and getting people out, getting the catches and just fucking people up. And that, that right there is when you is, is a solid mixed team. When you're letting the women take control, that's in my opinion, that's how you win. Yeah. I'm thinking of like, uh, Karina and, uh, Brianna London, just, just beasts on the court and just, absolute beasts yeah wanting nothing to do with um i think brianna's like spinning backhand throw i'm like Mm-mm, 
Oh, that's a big no, thank you for yeah. me. I don't want to be. I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. Same, mm-hmm. and I have, and I don't like it. It's <laughs> hard pass. <laughs> not a fan. Not feeling this. Just not having a good time. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to nationals more and more now as we get closer. Um, kind of, kind of hinted on this, but um, what would you like to see done improved for dodgeball? So you kind of mentioned, you know. Um, better better approach or stronger youth initiative work on inclusion um what else comes to mind hmm. I mean, those are pretty big ones um i would say i don't know Repeat the question for me again, just so I have it in my head. Sure. Um, what would you like to see done or improved for dodgeball? Okay. I think I would like to see there be a sort of cohesion in terms of how we play on the world stage, in terms of I think we need to find a way for every country to play dodgeball the same way so that when we get to a place like Worlds, there isn't such a divide between ball types and mm-hmm. divide between how players play and whatnot. Like we're all playing the same game with the same sort of rule sets and just having that sort of like baseline for the entire um, world would be um would be ideal um and i think that's something i'd like to see so that we can all feel like we're on the same playing field you know what i mean that you know one country isn't thinking that their style is better than the other country. like it's all the same game and because we're all the same people yeah right now we're still like in our like the religious war aspect of dodgeball where our ball is it kind of feels like that right right? (laughs) It's like, no, our, our rule set is better. And we still got the little factions. And I mean, when I started playing in 2004, it was chaos. Just, just, I used to equate it to like feudal Japan. Like everyone was trying to be Shogun and, uh, (laughs) only, only the few powers that consolidated lasted long enough, like the NDL. And, um, yeah, it was just, it's fun times, but that's, that's, that's a long time ago. Um, what is your current career highlight? like personal career like in dodgeball in, in dodgeball career highlights um hmm that's a tough one I, I there's a lot of moments that come to mind um i'd say like my biggest highlight um just to kind of go back to Denver and, and my, it just the, cause that was the last tournament we all played at together. Um, we seeded pretty high and we went up against really tough teams and did really, really well against them. Um, we got a chance in no sting to play against outsiders and we ended up taking them and it was something for me playing against a, an amazing amazing talented team like outsiders and 
just playing at the same level as they do felt really really fucking cool and that was an absolute highlight for me and i know for several others of my teammates um and it just it just felt like okay okay we got it if we can if we can be a team as amazing and talented like them then we we can do amazing and talented things ourselves and we can go far um so i'd say that i'd say that would be like a career highlight the first of of many i'm sure but definitely a good uh what what a good like validation that okay what we have works it works well enough to beat outsiders so it's like proof of concept right only only uphill from there so um what do you want what do you want to achieve in dodgeball um you know for For a little bit, until recently, my biggest goal, and it's still a goal, I still still would love to be on Team USA, I still would love to represent my country on a world stage, and hopefully taking it to, you know, to win gold. Um, But I still want that to be like a, 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 um, something in my career that I want to do. But my biggest thing is just, I just want to grow my team. I just want to grow toxic. I want to grow it as big and as bad as I know it can be. Um, I just want to, I want to keep doing that. And I want to keep building up um, other queer people to make other queer teams. And to, and and not to, and again, I'm not saying that I'm the leader in that, that is not what I'm trying to get at at all. And not, not the, the, um, the title I'm giving myself at all, but I just, I just want to keep doing what we are doing as a team and hopefully continuing to make more waves and to allow for more people to see that they can do exactly what we're doing and probably, and maybe do it better. Yeah, I mean, that's, I feel weird asking that question because in, in my opinion, I feel like you, you've, you're still new to the competitive scene, like only, yeah. what, a year, two years in, if you kind of even want to count whatever the crap pre-COVID was, was, was happening, right? So it's kind of <laughs> yeah, like, right. I feel like it's blue skies for you. Like there, there's just, there's just so much oh, to, it, to even. There's so much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like I said, like I, I definitely have eventually want one of these years, whenever it happens, if it ever happens for me to make it on Team USA, that would be amazing. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I'm not going to kill myself to try to make that work. I'm just going to play my game the way I know how to play it. I'm going to learn from other amazing players and just evolve. And if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, that's okay. I'm still doing my thing and I'm still building my team and, and having fun with them. And that's all that really matters. Exactly. That, and just, you you know, you're part of something that is bigger than yourself right now. And yeah, from what, what I can glean from our conversation is, is very much needed and is being very well received. So I can't think of a, aside from, yeah, maybe team USA would be cool, but I can't think of a better contribution and, and, um, mark to make in the dodgeball community than you know being a um 
an organization or, or being a, an influencer in, in, the, in the best possible way. So definitely uh, looking I, forward to seeing where it goes. I appreciate you saying that. Um, all right. Now the fun question. I love this one. Um, what does life look like after dodgeball? Oh God. Oh God. Um, ah, <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I think post dodgeball, I just, I'm hoping that I'm living my life. I'm just want to, I want to travel. I want to see the world. Um, you know, hopefully there's a partner down the line, but yeah, I just, I just want to, you know, it's hard when, when I got diagnosed with cancer, it, it changed the way that I looked at life. Um, and I still struggle with it to today. It's not, I'm not saying that I've perfected it or anything like that. I, I still struggle super hard with it, but it just gave me a, a different outlook on life. Like I'm not a career person. I don't really care about like having a career as like, you know, some big lawyer or some big executive or some shit like that. I, I don't care. Because at the end of the day, the only thing I care about is that I'm living my life the best way that I can. Because, like, a, a career isn't going to do anything for me. Like, yeah, yeah, you can make money and, yeah, I can do all that sort of stuff. That's all cool. Cool for you. Love that. But I want to travel. I want to experience things. I want to live my life. I want to have these experiences and and all of that. So post-dodgeball, that is probably going to be my my focus but hopefully that's not going to be for many many years down the line <laughs> yeah <laughs> I i'm should've... still i'm still so young in this dodgeball world man i should have prefaced this with this is a long time from now but yeah. have you ever thought about <laughs> yeah that's uh I, I love that because um you know the the memes or the occasional really cool quote on facebook will show up saying you know your organization, if you pass away, will replace you in two weeks. Like, uh -huh. or you never see, you know, someone on their deathbed saying, man, I, I wish I could create some more spreadsheets or, you know, no I wish I could go still be at my desk. Are you kidding me? What? Exactly. Um, yeah. Psychotic. <laughs> it's, it's weird what we let consumer lives. I mean, we, we get into the, so deep into the weeds of the rat race. Um, this is why I love um, dodgeball, man. Because even if it's just like an open gym, it, it's for that hour and a half, the, that 30 minutes. I'm, I'm not thinking about anything other than survival on the court. Um, yeah. And that's, that's... It's a great, out, it's a great uh, outlet to kind of like just everything. If you're going – like how you and I have talked about how we've been kind of struggling – dodgeball for me during this during that time period where i was really not doing well dodgeball was the only place where i was not thinking about anything else i wasn't thinking about whatever situations i was involved in or whatever was going on in my life like none of that mattered the only thing that mattered was me that ball and the court that's it and it's it's helped me to kind of like get to that better place that i'm in now still working on it but you know, dodgeball has helped so much. That's when, uh, that's when I knew I was really in the wrong. Cause like dodgeball wasn't even doing that for me anymore. I'm like, oof. <laughs> even that's the tough. thing that I love the most right now is pissing me off the most. This is 
something is not working. But um, yeah, that dodgeball is great for that. And um, I don't know. I I just like I kind of lingered on your origin story. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do, just because one decision changed your life um, completely, right? And that's, that's such a crazy thing to think about sometimes. Yeah. Um, so this next section, not really section, but, um, still in this from another podcast, I forgot which one it was, but what they do is they ask the guest to ask a question for the other guests, having no idea who that person's going to be. So, uh, for you, the question would have come from Lucas, who hopefully I finished our conversation for like in part three already. Um, (laughs) his question is, what is a play you wish you could take back? A play that I could take back? If you have one. Ooh. That's a good one. Okay. I'm trying to think of something specific. There was... I'll actually so this this wasn't in USA Dodgeball. This was actually in a recreational league. Um and there was a moment where I I let I let a little bit of my ego kind of take control because I was like I, there's there's this little Glenn talks about this. Um he talked about it with me. There's a switch that clicks on sometimes that when you it's it's do or die. I don't care what the fuck I have to do. I'm about to win this game. And, you know, when you're upset about something happening on the other side of the court and you think I'm going to I'm going to be the hero and I'm going to save this team by getting that person or these people out and I'm just going to go ham on them. Um, I did that recently in a game and uh, I took a shot on somebody and they they caught me and it totally turned the tide of the entire game they ended up winning the game Mm. because of that moment and it was just like why did i do that why why did i let my ego why did i let my my anger get the best of me because like no one no one is you can you can be a hero every now and then but making it your mission to be the hero of the moment is never ever going to be the the good idea you got to work as a team. You got to work as a unit. That's the way that you win games. You don't win games by one player just just demolishing people or thinking that they can demolish people. That's not how you're going to win. It might work for some people, but that's just it's not it's not going to work for me. And I and I've had to learn I've I've had to do some major mental work to try to get past those moments. And I still unfortunately have it, but you know, the more I work on it, the better I'm going to get at being able to stop myself from those moments. And that going back to talking about patience and whatnot on in the court or during a game, that right there, learning to be more patient and taking that one split second to take a breath to think about your next move is just going to up up my level of play so much more versus just like going going ham and going wild and making stupid decisions trying to be right, be a cowboy and be a hero needlessly. Yeah, exactly. That's why I like uh, uh, Munchie's questions so much is because 
I bet if I could ask this question to every single player once a year, I would learn a lot about them. Just the, you know, what are you learning about yourself as you continue to improve? Like that is because I feel like it's they go hand in hand. Question. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will use that. Will be the munchie question from now on. <laughs> the munchie question. The munchie question. That's <laughs> a good one. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, before he does, it's mine. Sorry. Exactly. It's, it's Say it now. Say it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so fair play. What uh, put you on the spot? What what question do you have for the future guest? Who we? I mean, I know who it might be, but I'm not gonna tell you. Okay. Um. <laughs> I would say of the newer teams that are coming up in the scene and you can take my team out of it if you'd like who who are you what teams are you seeing that have the potential to make it to that top tier level team in terms of like like elite eight and whatnot like who would you see getting to that place um within the next season so of the newer teams that are up and coming which ones are you seeing have the potential to make it to top tier yeah, for next season. For next season, okay. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> I will make it make sense. Okay, great. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Because um, that shit was on the spot. <laughs> yep. Speaking of being put on the spot, we'll wrap up with okay. uh, any shout-outs you may have. I mean, I gave a lot of shout-outs during, during the course of our conversation. You did. You're very um, smart about it. They're all divvied up very well across the entire yeah. conversation i'd say big shout out to glenn he's been so integral to my growth in the sport he's been such a great person to have on to have on my side you know what i mean to have to have my back and to be someone to to keep pushing me forward um big shout out to my toxic boys um ryan dan um matt brian Kenny, oh Kenny, I miss Kenny so much. I can't wait for him to come back. Kenny, um, Kenny Christensen, uh, Mike yeah, Kenny? yeah, yeah, yeah. Arizona Kenny, nice. I lo- I love that boy, and I'm so excited for he's getting married soon. I'm so excited for him, but I'm more excited for him to come back and play with me. Of course, <laughs> <laughs> selfish reasons. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just want to be a little selfish. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I'll, and one little last, uh, shout out to, um, to Jake Mason and Brendan Tickner. Uh, they, they have been, they have been so helpful to me in dodgeball and just keeping my mind centered and not letting it go to crazy places. I I really appreciate that. And Brendan has been a, uh, a really good, another another sort of mentor for me as well. Um, we have a very similar play style between the two of us. He's far better than I am, but 
I just, I just, I love learning from him and I love hearing what he has to say about the sport and what, how he views it and how he views strategy and playing the game and everything. So big shout outs to them. They've been very, very helpful to me personally and as a dodgeball player. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, the impact they've had is just massive. I mean, go back, what, 20, 2017 when USA dodgeball first formed or was announced to where it is now. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, crazy how far we've come and like i said yeah. we had a little feudal japan comments um it, it blows my mind to think about where dodgeball was when i first started to where we are now yeah and, uh, i hope we can get as far away from this covid post-covid 2023 being a very strange year to you know back to where we were in 2019 and then pick up from there because that that's when i feel like dodgeball was just at its height and we just hit a really weird kind of snag but um this still come a very long way and yeah, we'll see what, where, what the future holds. We'll get there. I know we will. I, I have faith that we're going to get to that, to that place again. It's just going to, it's just going to take a lot of work and a lot of patience from, from all of the players that play at this level. It's, it's going to take, it's going to take a lot. And as long as everyone is like willing to be on the ride, we'll get there and we'll see it eventually. Awesome. Well, speaking of seeing things eventually, um, you will be at nationals, right? Yes, awesome. I absolutely will be. You, I ain't going to miss it for the world. Awesome. Well, man, um, great conversation. Loved having you on, um, at the risk of going off for like another hour and a half. I think we'll do this in the interview here. All right. So that was my conversation with Michael Davies and Michael, thank you so much, man, for hopping on and for being patient with me as well. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been saying that this was, um, an interview that I've been looking forward to for quite a while. And I really wanted to be in the right headspace to not only be able to do it, but also, um, I just knew it was, it, we were going to cover a lot of deep topics and, um, you know, I kind of, I've kind of maybe hinted towards this in the conversation. There, there are certain, um, themes or elements or topics that come up sometimes in my interviews with, uh, with dodgeball players that, I tend to just kind of steer around or skirt by. Um, I don't really want to do that anymore. I, I feel like um, trying to keep it, you know, 90% dodgeball related, even though this is the dodgeball podcast, kind of does a disservice because what I'm realizing is, um, and I don't know if this is like an age thing or a midlife crisis thing, but the more I'm able to spend getting to know the person underneath the jersey or the person behind the player, uh, the more I'm realizing that we have a lot in common and I feel like just the way things have been going these last few years, um, as, as, as hopefully as self-righteous as this does not sound, I, I cannot think of a better way to help repair that. Um, you know, I've said in closing remarks, uh, you know, this is an amazing community, but it's a community of people and people are complicated, but I don't think that we're so complicated that we can't find common ground and, create opportunities to better understand each other and more importantly better ways to understand how we may be hurting one another without even realizing it i get it there are, there are going to be people out there that are just bad eggs and then they need to be weeded out but I, I think most of the time in my experience and i will say i i have experienced a lot of different personalities in various environments i know that most people generally mean well for the other and um you know whatever i can do to help I guess, emphasize that, showcase that, or bring that to the forefront for anyone that'd be willing to listen or even talk about it. 
then I'm really going to start taking that as a, as a priority of mine. Um, obviously still want to talk about dodgeball. Still love it after all this time, um, after all this life that has happened. But, um, yeah, I think if there's anybody out there that would like to discuss any of the themes that we covered a little bit more in depth, whether it was this episode or previous ones or future ones, let me know. Um, I'm, I'm more than happy to start going there and, and getting uh, uncomfortable again. Um, so we'll leave it at that. Um, if you're traveling to nationals um, and you decided to let me invade your space while you're flying or driving, safe travels. Get there um, in one piece. I look forward to seeing you. Even though I may be socially awkward in person, deep down inside, uh, I, I am actually happy to see a lot of people. And um, for everybody else, uh, have a great rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Oh, good. So you're coming to nationals. <clears throat> I am. Yep. Oh, will. good. Great. Then I'll see you there. I will avoid you like the play because the social <laughs> anxiety is it's up there, man. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. I can be a social butterfly sometimes, and sometimes I walk in a room like, nope, big nope. But I'm, uh, the, I'm, I'm the same way, dude. Sometimes it takes sometimes it takes like a lot of mental work and the right people. Like if I'm with the right people, I can be social butterfly easy. But if I'm not in the right situation or if I'm there by myself, usually I'm so closed off and I'll like just walk up and say, hi, it's so good to see you. And then run away immediately. Just take off running. Yeah. <laughs> just take off. Because I'm like, I, I can't. I can't do this. I can't do this. I have to be alone. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>